If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, John. Hello. Uh, as well as Luke. Hello. This is a really fun week. Uh, John, first time on the show. Welcome. Hello there. And, uh, and Luke, this is your second. So um, That's correct. So and uh, and both both of you guys are in the UK area and like that's that's a lot of fun for me like just kind of seeing uh just just how wide this network has gotten recently. so it's awesome welcome guys. good to be here um, yeah same so so we write for sifpop.com we do movie reviews best ever challenges and other interesting movie related articles so make sure to check out the website sifpop.com to keep up with all that uh, on the show today we'll talk about a coming attraction where we'll give our thoughts on something that's coming out soon uh, this week we got Operation Fortune and the outfit. Uh, those both coming out this um and then we'll move on to the sift topic we'll just catch up on some tv that we've been watching and we'll explore the b plot trying to uh, answer what are some of our favorite tv side characters and then uh we'll wrap up with a spinoff a quick recommend or one from each one of us and then uh yeah that'll be the end of the show so before we do all that i think it's time that we get a chance to know our writers this week uh luke we'll start with you you've done this before um so when did you realize that movies are kind of your thing i've always been a movie fan uh, as i mentioned last time i don't think there's a certain age or anything like that i've always been into movies ever since i can remember so i was always the kid glued in front of a tv nice and then uh your your favorite movie of all time is uh yeah has not changed for the last couple of years lost in translation thanks and it just so happens to work out that you're going to be able to write about that movie on this week's bec yeah and that's that's worked out magically so cannot wait yeah yeah for sure um, and then kind of what's, what, what was your process like, kind of, when did you get involved in writing for Sif Pop and, and kind of what was the thing that made you, um, like want to take that step? I remember, um, uh, learning about, uh, Aaron Dicer, uh, through behind the scenes and all that stuff. And, you know, heard him mentioning Sif Pop on a regular basis. So I kind of checked it out and i believe uh june july 2021 it was when i applied when you guys had oh window open we are hiring or not hiring but we are <laughs> looking for more writers so i just put my hat you know my name in, in a hat and it worked out so yeah because I've, I've been trying to write about movies consistently on my blog and i'm going on two years two years now so yeah and i just wanted to kind of expand and talk to more writers and you know actually talk to people who are as passionate about movies as i am sure that's awesome yeah and i hope you've gotten what you've uh, what you've wanted out of it so far been great yeah, some on. cool people. Some cool people uh, met and talked to some cool people. So yeah, great. Yeah, it's awesome. So John, wh- when did you realize that movies are kind of your thing? Difficult one for me because uh, 
My parents didn't take me to the cinema a huge amount during my childhood, but I always realised that when I did go see a film, I had a lot to say about it after I'd uh, come out of it, even just <laughs> like a kid or something. There were always these little things that bugged me about it. It's like, uh, like The Lion King is one that sticks in my mind particularly because uh, watching like the Circle of Lies scene at the beginning, I'm just to myself, is he going to drop him? It, uh, like, Simba <laughs> looks really concerned up there. I, I, was just, I just wanted to say that. To the side. So yeah, the, the, there's lots of like little things of films that have fascinated me. And I think I... I always just wanted to watch the film, just get an idea of what I thought and what others thought of it was the same as what I wanted. I think I've always been a fan of films, but I've also always been a fan of talking about films being my For kind sure. of thing. Sweet. And then uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? And specifically, like, what makes that movie beyond excellent? Uh, my favorite movie is Back to the Future. It's been that way for about 20 or so years now. Um, I don't think that's mm-hmm. ever going to change. And I think it really boils down to the fact that it has everything in that I would want sci-fi it's tension, it's all about kind of getting to a certain spot or sorting something out. It's teen drama. And uh, the main character is just kind of a normal, kind of average sort of guy. He doesn't really have any kind of clear arc. His story is very much about his situation. Sure. We we took a little bit of heat on last week's BEC, Back to the Future wasn't on it, because as, as you guys know, the rules for the BEC as our current um that we're looking into changing probably um here in the field is that we can only have one film for branch for per franchise and so a writer picked back to the and wanted to write about two which like is totally fine that's the way we set it oh, up that's that's, okay. w- that's why we set it that up and then there was a couple people that were upset that the original wasn't so it's like it it probably should be right <laughs> it, like it to, is to probably some degree, the better film so. It, it is definitely the better film, I, even though I love the second one. It's, it's for it sure well. the better film. Um, and so, so like, we're just probably going to, I don't know, maybe have to monitor um, to still to still allow opportunities for, like, hey, like, definitely write about Back to the Future 2 if you want. But then we're also going to have somebody write about, you know, and just, I th- so I think we went back and added an editor just to be like, hey, like, you know. This is we've we've we had a we've had a process. This is the first time that it's really effective. So um, you know that means it's probably time for us to make a rule change. So wanted wanted to address that up front. Um, so then uh, so then kind of you, you're a recent writer um, in the last. Two months, I think. Maybe started the new. Maybe like oh, it was the end like of the year because it was right so. before we stopped the BECs, right? Yeah, yeah, like a month or so. I've been sweet. Uh, so, kind of what uh, what made you interested in that? And uh, uh, yeah, what made you well, take that next step? Uh, I have been listening to like the main podcast for quite a while now. Uh, I've been a Patreon for quite a while, and um, like I said, I always like talking about films. I have I have a YouTube channel where I talk about them uh, for quite a while. Uh, but I also thought it'd be more interesting to like be under like the time constraints of making a video on YouTube. Uh, have to go through the like, the editing. So I thought like sure. uh, the site would be. A good way to put that on there and uh, be sort of kind of a guaranteed see it as uh, exposure explain, yeah. on the internet, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's 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 even been one of those things that's been cool to just to see in general each time we add new writers and all that, like our numbers go up just because it's like if you're writing for a site, you're probably reading what other people. It's, it's just really interesting to see, like, or or it's like maybe you wouldn't have clicked on a movie, but like now because you know that writer, like then you click on the article that they wrote, and it's like okay, well now maybe I have this. There's definitely so, like, reviewers out there that you trust, right? Yeah, so it's it's a fun time getting to get, um, for sure. So um, I have one random question before we move on, and this is a question I love doing for our international writers. I'm really curious, guys, and either one of you can go first. Whenever you have an answer, just go for it. What is one thing that you wish that the rest of the world knew about your country? So it could be like, hey, this stereotype isn't true. It could be like, hey, this this isn't a stereotype, but it really could be like, there's this really great food that you got to try. Like, 
could be anything along those lines. What's something you really wish the rest of the world knew about your country? Ooh. Can I clarify something? Because I'm sure. not originally from Scotland. I've, I've lived you here can for ten, 10 years now, but I recently became a British citizen. So technically, it's, it is my country now as well. And I do, I do consider Scotland my home because I've been here for almost 11 years now. Yeah, so I do consider it home. But I can do both. So you know what, the, John, why don't you go Either first? Both, thing. You know? Sorry, I lost you a second there. Say again. Uh, you can go. You can go first about England, right. and I'll think about you know uh, both uh, some things for both Czech Republic and Scotland. Oh uh, right, difficult one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, can I say something? I wish people knew about my hometown. Sure. Okay, so my hometown, not not a particularly big town, uh, called Harrogate. And what I wish people knew about us, we hosted the 1982 Eurovision Song Contest. Which, okay. Uh, you, you may have remembered nice. Will Ferrell made a film about uh, that whole thing last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, not last year, 2020. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, it feels like yeah. last year. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> before I was born, so I don't remember it. Um, but yeah, it, it's something uh, that uh, you don't often hear us say about it. Uh, we'd won it the year before, a song called Making Your Mind Up. We hosted it, and uh, that, that was actually a lot of the publicity in the lead up to the 1982. It's like, where is Harrogate? What is Harry? Nobody knew sure. us. Nobody really knows us now after we did it either. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Do you have it, Luke, or do you need a minute? I think when it comes to Czech Republic, I wish people would know. Yeah, I think that's one thing for people to remember me. I guess not just know, but remember there's no longer Czechoslovakia and it hasn't been a thing for the last 30 plus years. It's not sure. even just I still a change get of the name, occasional... is it? It's two countries. Yes, it? it's. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's two countries now. It's Czech Republic and Slovakia. If you want to go by recent rules, uh, it's Czechia, which I do not subscribe to, not in my fantasy world. Nope. <laughs> it's just Czech Republic. Just leave it alone. Uh, no, but uh, but yeah, so no, I've still gotten the oh, occasional question. It's not a day-to-day basis. So I'm not going to say that. But the on, on regular, there is a question, you know, oh, are you from Czechoslovakia? Or how close, you know, Czech Republic? I'm in Czechoslovakia. No. <laughs> but no, but yeah, so that would be, I guess, one thing there. And for Scotland, I've been here for, as I said, almost 11 years. And the thing to know about Scotland, it's, it is beautiful here. And mm, uh, nice. I think people, what they don't realize, Scottish people can be tough, you know, but they are really welcoming and uh, nice people. Like one of the nicest people like I've ever met. And I've met a lot of Scottish people in my almost 11 years here, and uh, I can count on number uh, on my one hand the number of really awful people. So really, I I cannot say a single bad thing about Scottish people. Really welcoming and gen- kind, generous people. Sure. Um, yeah, and that was I think I think I mentioned it last time. I spent a week in Edinburgh, and that was my experience too. Uh, really great people, mm-hmm. great food oh, yeah. too. Yeah, I haven't been in a few yeah. years, but uh, I definitely remember going to a bar. And uh, like two or three just came up and spoke to me because they recognized my English accent. Just started talking about uh, how they want to hit uh, various places that I've been. Oh, yes. They spoke to me like Yes, that happens a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, it happened to me as well when I went to a bar once. Yeah, like they heard me and I ha- I obviously have a different accent altogether. But yeah, they, they, and they, we just talk, start to talk about what I do there and just, you know, they invited me for a drink. So yeah, out of the blue. Yeah. I have a friend who uh, met his girlfriend in Scotland. Nice. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I think um, I think as the representative for the United States here today, um, I'll I probably just throw out a blanketed statement that most of the stereotypes about us are actually true. Um, you know, like <laughs> like we're pretty like uh, in in total as a culture, like pretty aggressive. Not not aggressive in terms of like mean and 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 violent, but but. 
uh, like aggressive personalities. Like when people are passionate about something, they're really passionate about something. Um, uh, our beer is terrible unless it's from like a craft local place, you know, um, especially compared to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, um, you know, I think I think percentage wise, uh, you know, we have a larger percentage per capita of overweight people. There is a McDonald's on every corner in America. Um, like, you know, just throw a pin in the dartboard and it's like it, depending on region of the country. But like as a whole, like, I don't know, like there's some truth to it, you know, <laughs> and like it's OK. Like, it's fine. Um, it's, it's, it's not a negative. It's just like, that's a blanketed statement. Like there is, there is at least a good amount of truth in it, in each American stereotype. Um, I mean, I guess at least the stereotypes I hear about as an American, like, you know, I, I really hope I'm not saying something to you guys that are like, oh, they all, they like eat babies a lot. Like, and like no. something no, crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I just know that the, the typical ones are that Americans are fat and Americans bit in, I, Probably not the stupid one, but you know, there's, I think, percentage-wise, yeah, as as, yeah. as part of an overweight population. Well, just based on that election a few years ago, I, I'm certainly going to say that probably are a bit. <laughs> <laughs> there are certainly some of us that are, yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, very nice. So, uh, we'll move on to the coming attraction then. Um, John, your first time on the show. Do you want to talk? Start with the outfit or Operation Fortune? Uh, the outfit. I think that that's one I have a bit more to say about. Okay, let's start with the outfit then. So uh, this is coming out this weekend uh, here in the states. Apparently, April eighth in uh, in at least the UK. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, that's that's worth noting. Um, I try to remember that some, especially when we have initial guests on. So this is a new film by Graham Moore, um, also written by Graham Moore, direct, written by Jonathan McLean as well, starring Mike R- Mark Ryland, Zoe Deutsch, uh, and Dylan O'Brien, uh, a couple others as well, but. The- yeah, uh, synopsis here is an expert tailor must outwitch, out, outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a full night. Luke, let's start with you. Um, the anticipation level. So um, nothing is keeping you from seeing this at the cinema except for your own free will. So budget, COVID, nothing is a concern. Um, how soon do you think you would be willing to get there? Um, would you go opening weekend? Would you wait for a matinee? Will you, would you wait till, wait till you can rent it at home? Will you wait till it's on streaming so you already pay for? Or are you not entered the outfit? I think uh, I would just wait until it's it hits one of the streaming services I'm currently paying for. Because yeah, it doesn't seem like that interesting to me like you know the, the uh, it seems like there are quite a few decent actors in it but uh, it's not something i'm keen on checking out like this instant but as a, somebody who has a foolish dream of seeing every movie ever made i'll check it out eventually right sure uh john what are your thoughts uh yeah i really like the cast uh, that i saw in this and uh, i like the way the trailer sort of started out uh, and then it became kind of a more sort of generic just sort of crime based uh, drama that uh, you know, Smart Rylance's character seemed to be just getting involved in. Uh, possibly against his own will. You know, it's, it's not quite clear from the trailer from what I saw, like, if, if this is his choice or not. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of intrigued by the, the start of the trailer, and then it became much generic in, uh, from, like, the second half. I kind of wish I'd just stopped the trailer, like, maybe about halfway through. But uh, mm. I would probably see it, like, maybe, like, a week or so in. Not an opening weekend, but also... So, like, a matinee? Yeah, a matinee, yeah. Cool. Um, I'll land right in the middle of you guys. I'll go ahead and say rent at home. Um, it, it's... Gosh, there's there's so much about this that sounds really good, but kind of like you, John, I just started to lose interest the more I saw about this because it kind of starts as this, like, really interesting, um, like, uh, almost successor kind of movie about this intricate business that piqued my interest. And then it kind of looks like it's trying to, like, 
be uh, a really serious, really down to earth Kingsman kind of movie. Like obviously, like not them fighting, but you know, like like the way that they do. But almost you know, like when when you add when you add in the gunplay and some other stuff, and you know, like yeah. the, the the violent aspect, I was just like, I, d- I just don't know that I want this. Right? It didn't mesh um, well together. Right, and so that's why I'm like, you know, like I, I I'm not I'm not saying I'm willing to wait, you know, until this hits you know netflix or hbo or whatever in a couple of months and again if it's, if this doesn't count budget then that means rent at home doesn't cost me so like you know but there's there's nothing that's making me be like oh i really got to see this coming out soon but 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 it's interesting because mark rylance looks so good in it he's been just on mark a hot rylance. streak i mean when, when when's the last bad thing he's done yeah I, I think i've pretty much loved everything he's been in i'm gonna say i'm trying to think of something i think the FG, yeah for maybe? me he was the best Oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say for me, he was the best part of uh, Don't Look Up. Like his role, mm-hmm. he was. Oh, I, he he was, was I thought he was great. Me too. I just I totally forgot. But he's great in Don't Look Up. He's he's excellent in Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, yeah, he's he he's part of the heart of uh, of Dunkirk. Uh, I didn't see Bridge of Spies, but won the he's Academy really Award good. for that. He is oh, great. He, did, he is yes. great in that. Yeah, he's he's subtle. It he's all about like he is. You can tell he's a theatrical, you know, trained actor because he's all about a subtlety. Even in Don't Look Up, a movie where everybody is just firing on all cylinders, there is Mark Mark, uh, you know, Rylands. Yeah. he's kind of like this weird. Yeah. If Tim Cook and Mark Zuckerberg had a baby, this is what you know he would be. I'm remembering and him now, and thought... he steals the show, doesn't he? Yeah, because again, like everybody is just all over the place—not all over the place, but they were... because they need to be all over the place because for the movie to say what it what it wants to say. But it's him so just kind of being this uh, ge- evil genius who knows he's a uh, way smarter than yeah. everybody in any kind of room. But he just, you know, he knows it, so he plays it really subtly. That is just like you know some, some sort of like an evil vicar. He's the best bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also uh, the the other two that probably are worth noting um, is he, he that like maybe might be the the sore spot on his record for some people is he did that Spielberg BFG movie yeah um, yeah where he played say, the BFG big friendly great. giant well it's got a better score on IMDb than I anticipated it's like six point four like and he's not a problem with that movie though I didn't see it I don't I don't have any interest it, in it I've he's, seen he's it he's good in it but the film is itself is not great. Okay. Yeah, the movie is alright. That's the thing, the movie is alright, but he's definitely, you know, if anything, he is the brighter spot for that movie. You know, he's definitely not the reason the movie is what it is. It's, he's, If anything, he's elevating that movie. Because, sure. yeah, he is weirdly CGI Mark Rylance, yes. But I think <laughs> you can tell role, he's though. trying something. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the other one that is a very polarizing film, uh, Ready Player One. And I'm I'm on the love it spectrum of that movie, so I liked um, it. Yeah, I don't know how you so can like, I... love that film. It it's kind of just a sort of like I mean, references, nothing else. I would. I say. mean, it, it, I meant more so just in terms of like you either love or hate the movie, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm like really oh, into like it. it. Maybe, maybe low side of loved it. Um, it. There's there's some sequences that that don't quite work. There's some characters that could could be written a little bit better or given more to do but gosh that shining sequence alone is worth watching that that is definitely one of those uh, how the hell did they even do that uh, moment? right right well and it's my understanding is it's completely different from the book in that in that clue oh, the bo- so. yeah I've, re- I've read the book uh, it's the book is very different right oh and i, okay. I hear that uh, like a lot of the book is different like it still kind of gets the same tone but if i had read the uh, book but a lot first, of the book is different i think i would have been kind of pissed off with them because there's a lot of stuff in the book that's like <laughs> I would have loved to have seen this in the film. This would have been so cool. Okay. Yeah. It's, 
we'll see. <laughs> and speaking um, of the outfit and um, Back to the Future, there's a link. Zoid Zoido uh, Deutsch, you know, the daughter of Leah Thompson, is in this movie. Oh, okay. oh, nice. I was I didn't know what the connection was. I didn't know she's Leah Thompson. Yeah, yeah, she she is. Yeah, nice. I don't I don't know that I've seen her in a lot. Like I know that she's like referenced a lot. But I think the only thing I've seen her in is Zombieland 2. Like, <laughs> and she was definitely the best part of that movie. I don't know how much you remember about that, but I was so. Oh, yeah, she's definitely ago. by she's, far she's the mem- great memorable part of that. Because her role, I like, you know, just speak. Okay, let's speak to speak speak about Zombieland Part Two. Uh, her role <laughs> could have easily been the annoying girl you just want to, you know, for her, you know, just die. But she managed to somehow turn it into like actual comedy gold that that worked in otherwise quite average movie like she for me was the highlight she was like this character in any like put there anybody else it would have been so annoying and it would have you know you know it would have tanked the movie even further but but she somehow managed to elevate it because she wasn't leaning so much into oh i'm just dumb you know i don't know what they were going for but just dumb character you know but she actually had some fun with it and i thought she was the best part of the movie I've completely forgotten what the movie was about, but I didn't forget her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that, that's a good way to sum that up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a particularly memorable film, but you always remember her performance. It's like yeah, a great balance between just annoying enough that it's funny. I think she executed it perfectly. You know, you never once yeah. got too annoyed by her. She was supposed to be annoying, but you weren't annoyed. It's by surprising her. that you're not actively rooting for her to die the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> Amazing. So, and I think what they've done really in a really clever way. She is, you know, she kind of gets lost for a half of the movie, and then she comes back. Surprisingly, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I guess I don't. Know. But yeah, no, I think that's what they've done really well with her character. It's not, you know, the moment she starts to get a bit more annoying, off you go. And then you come back uh, for the last 15 minutes or, or yeah. so, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, you know, the, the cast is good, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's plenty of reasons to like this movie. It's, I, I think, at least for, I, I'm pretty much on the same page as you, John. I just, I, I wish I, I actually did stop the trailer halfway through because I was getting some of this stuff set up. And then I resumed it and it was, like, complete polar opposites and how interested I was it in this changes movie. changes so abruptly. If I would have just stopped watching the trailer when I paused it initially, I, w- I would have been much more excited about this. But it's it's just kind of the more it explains what it's actually trying to do, the more I'm... So. Yeah. Trailers show way too much. I, I tend not to watch them all the way through a lot of the time. Yeah, they do. They do. They show too much. But I, I also don't know like that the plot synopsis on IMD would have sold them. I've not even seen that. Like, it was just whatever I read at the beginning. Oh, right. It was pretty, pretty um, minimalistic. Something about like a tailor. Like, there's not okay. enough about the story. I would have said, I would have saw Mark Mark Rylance and been like, I'm sure this movie's going to be great. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, decent chance it still is, but um, an expert tailor must outwit a, da- outwit a dangerous group of mobsters to survive a fateful. Night. It's like I don't know how interested I am in that. I mean, because that could go like into really great territory and all time classic, or that could also go into super forgettable territory. It's got you the know, dangers I, of being very generic. I can like every other gangster. Yeah, it does. Love, that's that's a good way to put it. And it's I, I think it's also one of those things that's like I want this movie to be good. Like I think we as movie fans are like I want this movie to be great. I want to enjoy watching. It. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh yeah, uh, definitely. Th- there's definitely some hesitancy going into it, but that's. Great because the movie has plenty of opportunity to expect. Uh, cool, uh, John. Let's start with you for the for Operation Fortune this time. This is um, a the new Guy Ritchie film starring Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Carrie Elways, Josh Hartnett, Hugh Grant. Um, I try to only mention like the notable. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the big. But it's the new Guy Ritchie. Uh, synopsis here is Special Agent 
Orson Fortune as team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the slate of uh, or when the sale of a deadly new weapons technology threatens to disrupt order. John, let's start with you. Um, same scale again. Uh, well, this is coming out March 18th worldwide, um, at least states and in UK. Yeah, um, so you guys want one out. Um, so when would you consider checking this out? Again, no COVID, no budget. None of that's going to affect the score. Just opening weekend. Wait for a matinee, which you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Or are you not interested? Uh, I think matinee again. Uh, I, I felt kind of a similar sort of way that uh, this looks like a lot of Guy Ritchie's other stuff. Although mm-hmm. I do absolutely love Guy Ritchie's stuff uh, in general. So uh, I, I was kind yeah. of okay with that. It has this sort of distinct sort of style. Uh, Hugh Grant's accent mm-hmm. actually intrigued me. That was kind of, look, looks like kind of a different role from what you're used to seeing from him. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like his role in The Gentleman, you know, the last. I have not Guy seen Ritchie that. Film. that. That's Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie as well, I think. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen it. Okay. Um, what about you, uh, Luke? What do you, where do you land on this? I would say a matinee as well, because I have seen Gentlemen and I've loved it. I thought it's a Guy Ritchie, you know, return to form kind of movie for him. And Hugh Grant Mm -hmm. definitely took some risks and chances and I think they paid off. And so that's why I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Like and from the mi- minimum I've seen about that movie, it seems intriguing enough. And Aubrey Plaza and Guy Ritchie, you know, in Guy Ritchie's movie, that's really intriguing. It feels like a match made in heaven, doesn't it? Yeah. Like how, how have they not been paired together so far yet? Like to me, like this could be her big break. I know Aubrey Plaza is semi. I would say she's kind of like semi famous. If you you know, if you obviously seen her, her biggest thing would be Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. So if you know her from her. You you know from that you, you would have probably noticed her in other stuff but i don't think she had a, like a big break as you know chris pratt had with the guardians or something like that so i kind of wish she that this movie would maybe do that for her i feel like um I feel like the the risk with casting her has always been that you can't see past Parks and Rec um, if you cast her. Like, that's very common for a lot of TV actors that try to go into movies. But the stars. same argument could be made about Chris Pratt, couldn't it? You know, like Guardians right. took the risk that he was. That's what he was known for, and he was a big. I don't know. Have you seen Parks and Rec? No. Yeah, big fan. Not oh, okay, any okay, of it. Yeah, so oh no. Okay. It's great. It's so great. That... No, but yeah, you could see that same because he was Andy. Like he was, you know, and he was not only that he was a fat Andy, quote, well, not quote unquote, but he was, you know, chubby, and right. he got in shape because of Guardians of, Gal- oh, wow. uh, of the Galaxy. So p- people didn't know, you know, it was like, oh, him. And then they seen him like working out for this role, and then like you know how he got in shape, and suddenly he's all over the world popular. I think Guardians right, and, was actually yo, my introduction to Chris Pratt. I actually had no idea he'd been a star uh-huh. before that. He'd he'd been um, in some minor roles, like he has a very small role in the intro of Wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Like he plays one of the coworkers with James McAvoy. Um, so he's one of those guys that you might see a face, but not ever take, not ever give a second glance. And then, uh, and then he had he had been a relatively big hit on Parks and Rec, um, and because uh, especially when that show started to blow up. And then, but you're right, if James Gunn didn't, didn't give that chance, I don't know that he would be the person that we know him as. To, yeah, I think, I think maybe he doesn't get that Jurassic World role. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I'm hoping you know same or ho- some something similar happens to for you know for Aubrey Plaza because I think she deserves it. I think she has the talent. I've obviously we've seen her. She has a comedic talent. From what I've understood, there's a show Legion, and she displays mm-hmm. her drama- dramatic talent. I still haven't seen it. It's on my list. But from what I understood, she's great in that as well. So I think she would deserve to be somebody as big as Chris Pratt. You know, well, because she's, she's great. 
she's also tried to break out of that role a little bit. She's tried to show that she's more than just a one-note person because she kind of plays the same character she does in Parks and Rec as she does in um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's kind of tried to break out of that a little bit because um, she did um, probably the two most, like, different things she's done um she did black bear from 2020 that was a really interesting indie film that i really recommend i've never Uh, heard of it okay i'll check it out it's one of those that it's like kind of pretty pretentious but like it kind of really works um and yeah um it's really i I really like it Uh, and then in uh 2012 in the middle of that parks and rec run she did safety not guaranteed which is a just charming, delightful, wonderful little indie film. I have um, seen that. Yes, I yeah. don't know it. Sorry, it's great. Um, you should check it's that one out. Good. That was uh, the director of Jurassic World did that one. Before. Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. Was it the director um, of stars, Fallen um, Kingdom as well? No, that's uh, J A Boy. Okay, Boy guy thing. Boy Boyana. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he did the good Jurassic. Okay, then. Right. So uh, yeah, no, that one's really worth checking out. Mark Duplass starring in that one. Um, mm-hmm. It's a time travel movie. It was on the BEC last week that we that nobody wrote about and. I would have if I didn't, um, if I could have gotten the time. Um, I, I'm going to land right with you guys, getting back to um, uh, the Operation Fortune. I'm going to go straight into matinee for this one. And I might be in rent if not for Guy Ritchie's name attached here. But yeah, I just feel like Guy Ritchie is such a talented filmmaker. Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch are two so of good. the best crime films there's ever been. That's so good. Um, I prefer... <sighs> I used to prefer Snatch. I think I prefer Lockstock now. The older Same. that I get, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like I need to rewatch Snatch because I've only watched it once with a horrible Czech dubbing, so that might have probably Ooh, skewed oh, wow. it. But I've watched the uh, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. <clears throat> excuse oh. me, uh, with the subtitles accents, and the accents really. That's what I've been. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing about. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. I feel like Snatch is the more accessible film, but it's just yeah, Lockstock is the one I come to appreciate more. And then, and then he got really big success, and he did Rock and Rolla, which it's just it tries to be what they were, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine; it's a totally fine movie. And Man from Uncle is pretty. Most people consider mediocre. Some people really like. And they did King Arthur, which everybody was just like, "Okay, Guy Ritchie's done." Like, <laughs> um, I didn't see it. Especially, well, especially because like he had done the Sherlock Holmes movies kind of around then as well. And it's just like well, they were right. All right, like like. I, sure, but they're all right. Like they're they're nowhere near as good as they should be. Um, so I feel like people just started to write him off. Um, and then he did. Um, and then he did Aladdin. And I think a lot of people were ple- pleasantly surprised. And when the gentleman came out, it was like, oh, right, this is why we like him. And then uh, and they did Wrath of Man, which came out last year, which is watchable. Um, it should be better. Um, it's it's fine. Can I just mention you you forgot you know the classic swept away with Madonna? I haven't seen it. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, me neither, but I, I heard just terrible stories because I think that was the movie that actually started his decline for a bit because that, you know, he was married to Madonna for a, a hot uh, couple of years, I, I think. I think yeah, and they I think made a right. movie swept away. I had to be fair, I had to look it up because I, I knew there was a Madonna movie, but I, I totally forgot the name and I, has, I still haven't watched it. 3.6. 3.6 yeah. oh, wow. on IMDb. Jeez. And apparently it is a hot, hot garbage, so I, I don't blame <laughs> you for forgetting. Uh, but yeah, no, I, need, I want to watch it. It's not that I forgot. It's just I don't know that anybody's ever seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and now you don't you yeah. don't really want to remind people of it, apparently. Right. Right, I don't think anybody's thought of this movie since 2000 uh, when it came yep. out. So, <laughs> but yeah, but now that makes me intrigued to watch it because just 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 to see how bad it is. You have fun watching right. it. I'll, I'll okay. I'll watch the gentleman again. <laughs> Fair. 
Yeah, Guy Ritchie's name definitely makes me see it. I, I pretty much liked or loved everything that I've seen him direct to see the gentleman. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It's one of his betters. Yeah. 100%. Um, and he definitely yeah, directed it's... one of the better live action I was saying. So in general, That's true. In general, yeah, they're not yeah, great. Yeah. And, um, look, yeah, and, and just looking at this cast again, I mean, he's reuniting with Hugh Grant from The Gentleman. Looks, mm-hmm. you know, that was a really good pairing. Um, he's been with Jason Statham in a lot of stuff. Like, obviously, they go well together. Um, like we mentioned, Aubrey Plaza feels like a match made in heaven. Josh, Hart- Josh Hartnett, like, looks like he might steal this movie. I mean, saying he might steal this movie is interesting because he's, like, a main focal part. But, like, uh, he's not necessarily the person that's going to, like, get me to see this movie. But I might enjoy him the most. Because um, he looks just delightful in this role. And um, uh, Carrie always also looks like he's having a ball. So, yeah, just all that. This movie just sounds like a looks looks and sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, it looks like fun, definitely for sure. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on, or were we, were we ready to to kind of do that? No, that's about it. Yeah, same, same. Cool. Well, there's your movies that are coming out again in the states uh, this week and and uh, in the UK. Uh, operation or the outfit is coming out, so a couple weeks away. Um, uh, that'll do it for our coming attraction segment. So we'll move on to the SIF topic. But before we do that, just a real quick shout out to, to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash SIFPOPWR. Um, that's, that's the writer's room SIFPOP, uh, SIFPOP writer's room Patreon that now exists. You get access to episodes early. You get access to exclusive reviews. You get access to um, lots of other things, lots of fun stuff. To, uh, patreon.com slash SIFPOPWR. But let's let's move on to the SIF topic now. Um, let's start with this this question. This question. Um, John, you're, you're new to, this, to the, the show. You have, you've not been on before. And I believe, Luke, you were on before. And it was another TV episode, right? No, it was the oh. uh, year uh, what's gonna happen in the year of movies. So we we've talked with oh, yeah, May that's right. about what's you know upcoming movies for this year. That's right. Um, I was supposed to be on a TV episode with Chantal, but I had to. I missed that out because my work uh, got in the way, unfortunately. So that's where I'm getting confused. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John, let's start with you. Let's start with what is your favorite TV show of all time? Uh, it's, it's difficult to choose one, but I would probably have to say Doctor Who because uh, just like always been a part of my life. Uh, oddly enough, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like an ongoing thing part of my ch- uh, during my childhood because I was three. The classic series ended nineteen when it came back, so. <laughs> exactly the wrong sort of ages for it to be part of my childhood but i was aware of it growing up that i was like uh, psyched when it came back and things that i've always watched first been on the new series um sure. and i've just always like had a lot to say about every episode and it, it, it absolutely i see a bad episode it breaks my heart to stay it's one of those shows that i feel like there's so much that i would need to catch up on that i guess i've never seen an episode like there's so much you need to watch well, if you include the classic series certainly right it's, it's it's just a mountain of like i will never like so it's one of those that like for people that are up to date on it and watch it like i'm so happy but i will never be in that camp <laughs> I don't have the time. Yeah, I, I at so. least started watching the new series from when it first aired. There was never any catching up I had to do. And I, th- and I think that's all you have to do. But still, at this point, it's like, it, it's it's a good chunk of episodes. And the ep- the episodes, like, it's a pretty lore-heavy show. So, yeah, it, like, it, it, it's one of those that you can't just put on in the background. You really have to pay attention to, from my understanding. So, cool. Um, uh, and Luke, your favorite show of all time. Uh, I would have to say, I if we go by number of times I watched a certain show, it would have to be Red Dwarf, which I would imagine John is f- familiar with. It's a British TV show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This wasn't planned, by the way. <laughs> it's just this specifically this British show, Red Dwarf, is really popular in Czech Republic. Like it's a oh. cult, it's a def- like a really big cult classic there. So a lot of fans there. Uh, but so there will be definitely there and. Uh, but I think it has to be The Wire because I I I was one of them annoying people 
before you know uh, <laughs> there was talking about wire it got it came to my attention back in like 2009 10 and i just uh went in and not knowing much about it and fell in love with it so yes and to this day and i still believe we do live in a golden age of tv because there's mm-hmm. so much great tv i think still wire is the one to beat like a few shows have gotten really yeah. close but i think i think as you know when it comes to the overall concept and what the show what the theme and messages are and how each season is different yet kind of the same when you connect the dots you know it's 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 a masterpiece i think i'm gonna push back on your golden age of tv show comment or golden age okay. of tv real quick and i think it's i think we've ended that period uh, but i think kind of this like wire was like early 2000 mm-hmm. i i think this probably 2000s to let's say 2015 was the golden age um for me and i i realized like there's there's a lot of classics that take place before that and there's a lot of incredible shows my favorite show of all time watch makes place after that mm-hmm. um but but i feel like there was we have a lot of great content out there, but there's also so much bad content. So percentage wise, I just don't know that it quite adds up to whereas like before all these streaming shows had all of their or before all these streaming services had all their original shows. Like if we're looking at just like 2000 to 2015, like we got 24 in that run and we got uh, Prison Break. I'm trying to think of shows that are like really big or where I've seen mentioned here. Lost. somewhere. Lost, How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Sopranos, The Wire, Heroes. Oz. Um, it was pretty big at the oh, time. It's it's well remembered now, I suppose. Yeah, uh, Heroes. Oh, Heroes. Oh yes. yeah, Heroes yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were like Chuck. That was in that era. Um, mm-hmm. Scrubs, my favorite 30 minute show of all time. Um, it's the start of Game of Thrones. Is in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so I don't know. I feel. I, I feel like. It's really easy to say, look how much good stuff is out here. But it's just as easy to say, look how much bad stuff is out here. Like so. My counter argument to that would be, it's always been like that. It always because, has been, right. Because because I think now we are more aware of it. And I would say one more thing. We don't have to spend like a whole you know, hour on this, but I would say well, one more thing. Um, I listen to a lot of, I don't know if you guys listen to a DGA podcast, the Director Guild Award. You know, they listen, they release podcasts about how... and directors making movies and and uh, mo- plenty of big directors kind of agree cinemas have been on their way out even before covid so mm-hmm. like even st- even spielberg um, like a uh, one set tv is where the dramas nowadays are going and still are going because there are no more low or you know the budgets are either really low or extremely extremely high so I can imagine, and I can still, I still don't, I don't, I understand what you're talking about, but I don't, I think it will only be split further and further apart where we will get more, or sorry, less serious, quote unquote, movies in the cinemas, or at, at least, at least in those, like, you know, what's the movie that that only has, let's say, $20 million budget? Nowadays are not all many, right? right. Because there's, yeah. you know, there's yeah. no, because nowadays your fix for those adult, you know, adult stories is, you know, is your TV. You know, there's always some great TV show that's, you know, even if it's just a limited series. So, well, and I, mean, I think... On to, your- no, just to kind of parallel that, like, it's really interesting we're talking about this Mm-hmm. I guess the Batman came out like what last weekend um, as mm-hmm. we're recording this. So like, it's really interesting. Like this movie, that's three hours. Like you have mm-hmm. so many people complaining, like we have such an expectation for what a movie be now. It's like, it's either too long or too short, depending on who you ask. Like and it's, it's, either, it's really? either too long and it needed to be condensed be or it's too, too short, short and, it, and it needed to be. A, well, so, so that's the other, argument. it's too short. It needed to be a TV series, like, and not a movie, but, or it's, or it's too long and it, 
if you're going to tell this in a movie format, like, like, like it could have been cut down a little like bit. The Netflix too? Sure. Is that what they want? Or, or even or even like a, you know, four episode. It doesn't necessarily have to be limited, you know, a certain number. But right. yeah, like, you know, just, uh, you know, it could be like Sherlock, right? Where mm-hmm. there's just some random episodes whenever they make them that are varying length. Like, it's it's just the, um, it's it's just really interesting. We've we've gotten into a mindset of like, here's what a movie needs to be. And so, again, just like with, when you have something like, it, it almost feels like you probably couldn't do Lord of the Rings at this point. Well, that's why we are getting Amazon TV show. Well, but but it, if they're wanting to make the original trilogy again, it's like mm-hmm. you either need to be prepared to make your five-hour movies and just understand what that impl- implies, or you're going to have to make your make it a TV show. Yeah, I, I can't watch the theatrical released versions anymore. I have to watch the extended edition. Of those <laughs> it's like when people talk to me about, oh, how could they not have Saruman's death in Return of the King? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's in there. It's, it's right there. The- oh, you're, that's right. You have a theatrical. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so spoilers anyway. <laughs> yeah spoilers for that movie and 70 80 year old books but however old yeah. they are uh, it gotta be more than that. um <laughs> anyway uh no i think that was a fun conversation but let's let's, let's talk about a couple of things that we have been watching recently um I want to kick off because uh, this will be very quickly. I started. Um, I-, I watched Agents of Shield a little bit as it was coming out, um, and or like a little bit after it would come out. So like it would be on Netflix, and I would just binge all of like season. And um, I just I haven't done that since season five. So I started watching it, and here in the states, they just pulled it from Netflix and Hulu. Like right, like literally the day after I started watching. Well, they got to warn you about things again. like that, surely? No, they do. I just don't. It, it's too hard to keep up on all that oh, stuff. So yep. Um. So, but and and the, the so here's the weird thing. It's coming back to Disney Plus. Yes. Um. Actually, on the day that this comes out, on the 16th. But oh. it's coming back to Disney Plus. Um. Well, it's it's coming to Disney Plus. Agents of Shield was never on there, but that's when all the the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and oh, the, really? the whole Defender stuff. All that is also yep. coming in the states. All that is also coming to Disney Plus. I, I'm. I, I imagine it'll be. Here I'm sure. I imagine, yeah. Um, or, yeah, so Disney Plus or maybe Star. I don't know. It's the same thing. But Oh, it's the same thing there? Yeah, I yeah. thought they were like... Star is on Disney Plus now. Oh, yeah, Star it. is... Uh, for In the UK, Star is part of Disney Plus. Uh, and I... Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if the these shows are coming in the UK because I think there are still some licensing deals in place. So Probably. there might there might be some sort of a little, you know, limit. That's why we don't get the latest, for example, The Simpsons. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, there's one a series one to thirty-two now, and the thirty-second season has been only added last four months ago, three months ago, and even though it's been out for a year, so there must be some sort of weird licensing deal where it's, you be. know because there we are not getting newly or you know thirty uh, third uh, season of Simpsons as it airs, which it really uh, so so here so at least for the states, every everything was removed from Netflix on the first. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for for them to release to to remove the stuff on hulu because disney owns hulu so like they own a majority share of hulu so they why not keep agents of shield on hulu and on disney plus like because i think you uh i think you you know the corporate overlords want to have one platform not two i think that's the end goal and and or, or at least why not leave it on until the 16th when it becomes available on Disney Plus, because that's the thing. That's the thing that's really making me mad. Is 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 all of this stuff? Is is Jessica Jones and Daredevil coming on Netflix on or coming on Disney Plus on the sixteenth? Because Netflix holds the rights until March fifteenth, or is it for some reason the the rights expired March first, which is why all this stuff got removed at the at midnight twelve oh one a.m. on March first? 
Um, but then it's like there's a 16 day gap, and I realize I am the very, very, very minority of people that this applies to because these shows aren't new. There's not many people that are necessarily watching them, especially for a first time. But it's like two and a half weeks without access to the show. It just seems silly. Like, Mm -hmm. is it Disney's taking a little bit of time to 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 redo it? Like, why didn't Netflix keep it for for the 14 days if they have it for? They already paid for the 14. I don't know. It just seems silly to me. So, and and it's I think it might be combination of both. Oh, sorry, gonna go. It's it's weird with the way they're releasing films now, like uh, Free Guy last year. There seems to be like no period between them being in the theater and them being on a streaming service now. It, they're really Free to... Guy only hit Disney Plus uh, less than a month ago in the states. Oh, really? Because it was like on Disney Plus like as soon as it was no longer in theaters in this country. Right. Yes, I, 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 that really yes. excites me. Like going forward, if they're going to keep doing that with uh, films, it's like there's never going to be a I, well, time when think, you can't watch. I think there was an element of they were still trying to promote. Disney Plus, and I mean, at that point, I don't know if it was still Star, and if they were still separate. No, like I don't know if they were still trying to get people, like maybe, like because it feels like everybody I know has Disney Plus states. So Mm -hmm. it's like I wonder if it's if maybe that was their their, that's their strategy is we'll do that to get people, or I don't know if uh, if lockdown restrictions might have been tighter. It's you know during that during that time. Yeah, no, it was summer. No, it was summer here. Because okay. I do remember what what uh, John is talking about. Because I actually went to see it with my girlfriend in a cinema, and uh-huh. then we discovered a couple of days later she was browsing Disney Plus, and suddenly free guy. I was like, right. well, yeah, but it's probably premium access. And she clicked on it. No, 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 it's free streaming. I was like, what? And it's. Been, yeah. I think it was like just week apart. Yeah, it, it was so it's quick. silly. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't quite understand. I, yeah, I, I, I was just theorizing. Like, I don't know. Maybe or m- maybe they just thought it didn't make enough internationally. And it might encourage people to get on Disney Plus. West Side Story, another Maybe. one just recently is another one they've added like as soon as it's no longer been in the theater. Yeah, and I think that's an awards thing because that just came on as well. But it's also on HBO Max in the States, so it's on oh, both, yeah. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, um, you know, it, it's it's out of the theaters. And so I think they're just trying to be like, it's nominated for Best Picture, so people are going to watch it. Yeah. Um, and and especially they're going to want to watch it now. And sure, it's an opportunity for the theaters to make money, but it's also an opportunity for somebody to subscribe to Disney Plus or um, the uh, uh, HBO Max. Nightmare Alley, by the way, is coming on 16th to Disney Plus in the UK as well. So oh, in, that, in yeah, the states, so in the states, it's been on. Um, I know. Th- that's one that's been on HBO Max and Hulu since like two weeks after it came out in the theaters. Because I know. It made no money in the States because it opened the same week that Spider-Man did. Wow. You know how hard well, I How can you do that? Yep. Because oh, they thought it would reach a totally different market. And guess what? I saw both of them opening weekend. But nice. they thought those people that are interested in, in the new comic book movie can go see that. And the people that want to go watch a movie that's going to get nominated for Best Picture can go watch the one. And that's it's a fine th- strategy. They probably just didn't market it well enough. That's okay. what you, you know, that's what you say, counter-programming gone wrong. You know, it's, I can see what they were going for, but yeah, poor, poor Guillermo. Well, there was all that, plus West Side Story was still tearing up the box office. And um, there was like one or other two of those big December releases that mm-hmm. like, or, or maybe it was West Side man. Story was right about. To, no, West Side Story was about to come out. That was a cr- yes, I, I believe so. I believe so. So West Side Story was the next week. Mm-hmm. So it so it's one of those that it was like yeah, just people were gonna go see Spider Man and then they were gonna go yeah. So it made no money in the states. I'm looking at uh, the Free Guy International, the Free Guy numbers at Box Office Mojo, and it's like that that's not true because 
the, the my my theory because it made more money internationally, and I get international includes a lot more of the world than. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a big hit in China. I'm pretty sure I've heard uh, some stories how it was really big over there, and I'm pretty sure it was big in the UK as well for some reason. Two hundred million international, twenty three million of that was in the UK. Uh, not bad. Yep. So it's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, let's. Um, yeah, ninety four million in China. Yep. That'll that'll yep. do it. Um, yep. And and it made one hundred twenty one domestic. So you know that. That's that's certainly not bad numbers. I don't I don't know. Maybe they thought it did so well internationally it could get good word of mouth. Nightmare Alley um, total did thirty seven million worldwide on um, a budget of. Uh, I, I I can't see on box office. Money. I would imagine for Guillermo, uh, they would have given him maybe twenty to thirty. So oh, it's gotta poor be guy. So, well, and so opening weekend it only made two point eight million dollars in the states. Oh Jesus Christ! Because it went up against Spider Man, so. <laughs> But see, you know, when he said uh, it hit the HBO Max in uh, America, uh, I know, and I was saying I know a lot because I know I obviously from our Slack uh, group and also mm-hmm. from people I follow, and my 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 finger was itching to hit uh, certain websites and just you know <clears throat> purchase it <clears throat> legally, perfectly legal way, and I was like, no, no, I cannot do that. I cannot do that to Guillermo. And now I'm. That's why I'm so happy it's coming before the Oscars on 16, so I can actually yeah. watch it legally on Disney Plus in the UK because I'm. I cannot wait. I heard really good things <sighs> about it. According to Google, Nightmare Alley was sixty million dollar budget. So, oh Jesus Christ! Whoa. But but you got to think how how big were those contracts? Uh, this is a well, this is a Warner property, so it didn't cost HBO anything to put it on. They probably made a good chunk by also selling it for Hulu, and they're making their money for HBO Max subscription. So, like, you got to think that's the way they could subsidize it, especially because it hit those streaming services like right as it was nominated for best picture. Like, or like, I think I think it was right before. So. All of a sudden, I'm sure they saw a spike in number. I would say if it was anybody else than Guillermo del Toro, you know, that uh, career might have go, you know, gone slightly sideways for a bit. But I think he will be fine. But just because his name yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah no, that's not going to change things, especially, especially th- there's, a, there's a chance this picks up a couple of so. No, but I yeah. think he will be, he will still get projects after it because that's, that's a really big loss. That's, you know, no matter how you, how you, oh no, that's a bad Well, oh. and, and it's not like people aren't liking the movie. It has a 7.1 on IMDb. Was, it's nominated say, for Best like Picture. People like the film, it really matter. Yeah. For him. Well, and it's, Del Toro's an established, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's Guillermo del yeah, Toro. So. As long as it's fine. a good film, uh, I don't think it'll matter. And I don't know that he's made a bad film. Uh, I'd have to have a look what he's done. <laughs> I mean, Blade 2, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, The Grim, Nightmare Maybe Alley. Pacific Rim? I love Pacific Rim. Oh, don't okay. You dare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sequel, fine. The sequel we can yeah, check. Sequel. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've seen yeah. the sequel, actually. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> if you didn't no. like the first one, you'll hate the second one. Oh, right, okay. 100% what, what Aaron just said. No, if the first one is the perfect example how to do the quote-unquote stu- uh, you know, stupid, dumb movie well enough, that it's actually intriguing and I fun. I never remember and liking the second parts one, of it. No, yeah, yeah. But I've I, I seen it in a cinema, so I definitely enjoyed what I've seen yeah. because you definitely want it to... Was a cinema to, experience like the, certainly. The biggest, it definitely added yes, to it. biggest screen but the second one is just even it was even john boyega couldn't couldn't say that and that's saying something i love john boyega i'm trying to think maybe i have seen them. just don't remember it <laughs> maybe you've only seen the second one <laughs> welcome to the club then because no, I, was, I i definitely I saw it, the first one uh, in the cinema okay that's gonna bug me yeah. now. Uh, Have I seen the second one or not? I can't even remember. Well, John Boyega is uh, is playing a son of Idris Elba. He he's if I remember correctly, he's supposed mm-hmm. to be his son. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, the only memorable thing about like, it. Hold on, I'll say 
I'll say this. If you don't think you've seen it, you probably haven't because it's a bad movie, but it's certainly not forgettable. There's certainly some, some oh, things it's like that Jurassic you will World never be like, they really made that choice? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's, it's shockingly yeah. bad. Uh, look, look, I, I, I admire their their aim and their direction and their desire to do something new and their desire to listen to the fans. Like there's no nighttime battles in it. Mm. I admire what they were trying to do. Right. But yeah, it's kind of bad. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of really bad, but I kind of curious like it. now. Um, it's it. Look, it's not a bad watch. It's, 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 it's again, if you could see the drive and ambition, like it's, it's worth, it's worth your time, but probably not more than, than, than that. Um, I would say it's not as bad as it's boring. Yeah, that's just, fair too. It's kind of just, boring. You know, like the first one was dumb, but it was, but you know, at least it wasn't boring. No, it certainly wasn't boring. You know, yeah, exactly. You had a good time, even though, like, yeah, some things don't necessarily make sense. But at least you were not bored. But the second one was just, you know, a lot of things didn't make sense, and it also kind of bored you. So it's just that's fair. Yeah, true. this is this is quite the rabbit trail we've gone down. Oh yeah, <laughs> all this yes. started with Agents of Shield. <laughs> Sorry. Which I brought up because I was like, we can get this out of the way quick. I watched two episodes. I like the show. You know, I'm, I'm excited to continue it again. It's it's my new gym show, but I've had to do other things, watch other stuff. At the show, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Instead, so in, at least until this comes back. And, um, very nice. Uh, so, somebody else, what's what's the show? Uh, John, what's the show you're dying to talk about? Uh, well, uh, the thing is, with, with uh, what we've just been through, I've actually been trying to make more of an effort to stay active in my life and get out of the house and do stuff. Uh, so I've not been watching mm-hmm. a huge amount over the last few months, but um, one show that I am absolutely addicted to is uh, Cobra Kai. I'll just give you an idea of just how big a fan I am of Cobra Kai. Um, Netflix drops their series uh, at like eight in the morning over here because it's like the same time everywhere in the world. Um, okay. I went to the uh, person that does my rotor at work and asked for the day that that series dropped off work. And I was on Netflix at like 7.30 in the morning and I was waiting for that clock to hit eight o'clock. And the me- moment it hit eight o'clock, I hit refresh. I was there watching the first time. I didn't quite <laughs> binge like every 10, all 10 episodes, like one after the other. I did take a couple of breaks, but I, I watched the whole of four, season four um, that day. Uh, that, that is how much I love that wow. show. And, uh, and then nice. after I'd finished it, I, I watched it all again, uh, slightly slower pace this time, uh, maybe over a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely addicted to that show. I, I can't stop talking about it with uh, other fans. Just can't get into It's the perfect successor to the Karate Kid film, um, which I actually wasn't that big a fan of. Uh, I thought they were okay, but there wasn't a favorite of mine. Just the, the, um, the attention to detail, clearly made by people who were passionate about the Karate Kid. They brought back the whole cast. They brought back all the actors that played them. You know, if, if the, the actor that played them in the original films didn't want to come back, they just didn't have that character. Um, even Mr. Miyagi, with that actor having passed away a long time ago, uh, he's still got a very much a presence. And, uh, you know, they expand on his story and the things he did after the events of the series. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, <laughs> I should probably say, uh, this is about... Uh, what the kid that uh, Daniel beats at the end of Karate Kid, uh, Johnny Lawrence, is now doing like years later. Cobra Kai is the rival uh, in yeah. that film, uh, and it's this now is on one of those the... shows that just been on my queue for so yeah. long. And they're now on season four, and um, th- there's a lot that I think could still happen in the show that hasn't happened yet. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we can go with. Uh, the only thing I'm not liking about uh, this most recent season is they kind of are now more turning the Cobra Kai into the bad guys again, uh, like all the bad guy, all the bad characters in Cobra Kai and the ones you get for us somewhere else. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, just doing uh, that show every second of Fair day. Uh, Luke, what about you? What's something you've been watching you really wanted to talk about? Uh, I've been watching quite a few shows, but the big one, I guess, would be Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm catching up on... I've never seen it until 
well now we started uh, with my girlfriend we always have these this like one or two shows we watch together and so we've just started season 10 so almost finished there and it's definitely great like yes you can tell it's in now it's not in decline but you can tell the best seasons have you know already been you know happened but it's still funny it's still it, it still has its moments it's still heartwarming and sofia vergara makes me smile uh, just she's uh, underappreciated uh, like comedic talent i mm-hmm. just feel like she's great and yeah so i'm watching that but yeah I'm, I, I can talk about another, another 10, 10 shows i'm watching just now so please yeah please somebody else talk yeah um uh you guys ready to lose all respect for me oh uh, all right so uh so I've, i mentioned over the last couple months that me and my, my that my wife has wanted has gotten me to watch some trashy reality show with her so um she got me to watch this new season of the show called too hot to handle that's on netflix i, I just lost it. everybody's respect listening sorry i don't know it look it's it's okay look it, it's total that's totally fine and there's there's a better world for people that never hear this stuff okay but i don't i don't normally watch i don't normally like this trash reality show but it is fun if you can watch it in a group with a certain mindset um so you know um I'll just give you the premise of this show. Can decide whether or not that sounds like a good time to you or not. Either, like, uh, yeah. Um, the premise of the show is uh, is that they have a a small handful of very attractive, um, and they tell them, you know, you're going on this show. Um, and especially because this is the third season, they kind of know they're not going to sign up for the show called Too Hot to Handle. So they call it Paradise Island, and they're like, you're coming to the show called Paradise Island, where we're going to give you a bunch of food, a bunch of activities, and a bunch of other hot people, and you guys can go wild. And then they get to the beach, and they're like, by the way, there's this big pot, pot, pile of money, and any any form of physical in- intimacy that you guys share, um, you're going to lose a little bit of money. Because they pick a bunch of people that are bad at really, and they're like, we really want you to strengthen your emotional bond when you guys have been... The reason you fail is because you divert straight to like sex being the primary thing of your relationship. So it's like, it's kind of inter- interesting concept. Like there's an extra layer to the gimmick that it's not just, we want to, you know, punish a bunch of, a bunch of hot people, but it's also like a, they are trying to, to, to form good emotional connection, good emotional relationships. So like, but, but it's still like the gimmick into watching the show is you watch a bunch of really hot people not get their way for the first time in their life, you know? So, so. is it technically a reversed squid game? Kind of. <laughs> That's a good comparison. I like it. But it's 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 also really interesting just to watch, like because um, so so the way that the money works too is um, the the pot is shared by everybody. It's not just if you if you commit a thing, you only lose money for you. You lose money for the group. Um, and then even at the end of the show, um, at the end of the season, the group decides on one person to have the money, which Ooh. I don't I don't know that I like that. And um, so, like the, the the computer picks three people that have shown the most pop progress, and then you guys are kind of interested. So, like, I don't feel as bad. <laughs> uh, the Squid Game comparison intrigues me. Actually, sounds like it could be a so, similar sort of thing. So yeah, so it's more so like it, it's interesting where there's like group dynamics where there's like you're not just fighting for your own money, but like you're if you commit a violation of the rules you lose the group's money and so everybody in the group is up for this money so everybody is mad at you um and 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 then there's also like opportunities to earn money back it sometimes if needed and it's like but they don't usually tell them it's an opportunity to earn money back 
Um, and so, so like, you just kind of see like, are they gonna like be, are they going to learn from their lessons or are they going to be stupid? And I'm sure you can figure out 90% of the time how that works out. Question. So it's effectively society, but you know, with hot people only. Yes. Yeah. A uh, question. Oh, okay. Are they all genuine contestants or is there anyone in there that's been planted there as like sabotage to try and... So, um, no, they're all genuine contestants, oh, right. but they don't know what show they're going on to. They know they're going on to a show and then they're given the rules. So, I mean, like, kind of, um, but, but yes, they're genuine contestants. Um, they're, they don't deliberately plant people. Some people come in with the mindset once they find out what the show is, they're like, I don't care about the money. This is this. All my expenses are paid for. You flew me to this place and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to drink and I'm going to sleep all week. Like some people come in with that mindset. But then again, because it's group dynamics very quickly, people get mad at them and they're like, oh, nobody wants to break the rules. Of it. Like, so, so it's like interesting in, in that way. I feel or, like it could be more um, interesting if you had like a mole in there or something was trying to get them to lose. So, man, they lose enough money just <laughs> oh, by okay. themselves. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll if you care at all about season three, just stop listening for a second. Uh, but it, the, the the pot is a hundred thousand dollars in the season one and season two. I haven't seen season three. in season three they double the pot, but then they break enough rules the first night that they're like we're doubling the consequences. So it's two hundred thousand dollars, but like um, a kiss is worth six thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. You can hug, but you can't kiss. A kiss is worth six thousand dollars because it used to be worth three thousand. Um, so. And then obviously, like, based off of a kiss, you can kind of see where other stuff lands. Um, and so it's, um, they, they at one point, with three episodes left, hit zero dollars. Like, Brilliant. So is the show over? Yeah, that's the uh, end of the show. No, well, that's what, you, that's what we were all wondering, but, uh, but they, they had an opportunity to win some money back. And so, all like, right. the prize fund was pretty small. But, okay. Um, no, but so, so, like, they lose enough money. You don't need to sabotage. They do have, um, every now and then, like, if people aren't learning, if people aren't progressing, if people aren't getting behind the spirit of the show, they do send people home. And they're like, you're not learning. You're not changing your ways. You're done here. Go home. Um, and then they kick them out. But but they also, I think during this last season, um, on three different occasions for a total of four people, they um, they brought new people in halfway through. So Ooh, so like I think nice. the third episode, they just brought a new person in. And, and they, and then, and then the people on the island get to tell them what show they're on. And sometimes they don't until they've broken rules and they lose money. Like, um, so sometimes that happens. And so there was one time they brought in one person and another time they brought in like with two episodes left, they brought in two. It's, um, it's kind of intricate. And again, I just, I feel like. I lost a bunch of people's respect and that's fine. But like, you can see how this is fun. It's only 10 episodes. They're relatively varying length, like per season. Like you can see how this would be a good time to like two or three people over, make a couple drinks, have some food lying around. Like it's kind of like the Super Bowl, you know, mm-hmm. or I guess what's the Super Bowl equivalent for, for uh, probably like, England World at the World Cup, I would say football. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I'm pretty sure you guys don't watch American football. Cause... Well, I do. Yeah. Okay. I have football mates that do, but no, not me. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. Well, I was, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm like, what do people have parties? Yeah, what do people have big like? Yeah, that that, that is definitely yeah. um World Cup. The World Cup. And here in it's uh, rugby as well. I guess you would have people over for like rugby matches, Six Nations, all that stuff. But again, I don't really watch rugby, so don't ask. Me for it. <laughs> the Six Nations is probably isn't as big as this. Isn't like Super Bowl levels. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's yeah. nowhere near as big. But you know, we cannot compare ourselves to Americans. Come no, on, definitely. they yeah, do but, everything yeah. much, much. Everything you know, is the bigger. Stereotypes, yeah. You know, the stereotypes we talked about in the beginning. That's right. Everything is much bigger there. So yep. it's just yeah, no. That's very true. Sweet. Um, so there we go. I just yeah, that's I, that's a show i watched and um it look it's it's, i have that's the only trashy reality show i've watched in the last month you know i'm 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 sure we'll we'll do more but it's 
it's not all I'm watching. It's far from the majority of what we're spending our time with, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a decent time. Just if you watch them alone, like that's a different story. So anyway, and that's on Netflix. Okay. Is RuPaul Drag Race, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, would that be considered trashy? I don't think trashy, no. Um, because that's the only reality show I'm watching at the moment, and it's great. But, you know, like some, I can see some people not being into drag queens, which, fair enough. I, well, I love it. But, but I, no, I think, I think when, I, when I say trashy, it's more so along the lines of, like, it's entirely meant to be a guilty pleasure for people. Like, it, nobody, nobody, not a lot of people like to confess that they're watching this kind of show, even though lots of people watch this kind of show, or whatever. And I, I don't think RuPaul Drag Race is that. Um, I, I think... feel like there'll be, there'll be people who are like ashamed to watch it, which, you know, that raises questions why, but, you know, I, I'm not. Right. I'm always, I'm, I'm proud, you know, proud I, to watch it. I'm just... I've not seen any personally, but like the reputation of the show and the reputation of people that watch the show and the, the clips I've seen have said, I feel like that's a pretty respectful reality show. So it's, I would say reality, but it's I don't I wouldn't qualify that as trashy reality because they can definitely those queens can sometimes get trashy you know well and you, and you can have trashy moments right but mm-hmm. like you know it, it's it I would no I think I think there's a level of of respect and competition there more yeah. the emphasis isn't on how are these people going to be terrible people to one another yeah, for my entertainment okay. so no, yeah so I mean but you're watching RuPaul Drag Race Drag Race I just, yes I just, oh sorry funny I've just never seen it, and I I just don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that I will, but I, yeah, it seems like a it's really a, a fun. pretty respectful community and all. That. No, yeah, it's really fun. My girlfriend got uh, basically my introduction to it was weird because I caught the season 11 finale when I started to date my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this seems really crazy, but okay, maybe <laughs> at some point. And then that was like 2018, 19, and then the pandemic hit. And yeah. the season 12 started and I was like, yeah. and I kind of was watching that with her and I was like, you know what? And we finished season 12 and I was like, you know what? Let's just, it's all net, all, all Netflix, at least in the UK. I was like, okay, let's just start from the beginning. So, and I just, <laughs> I've seen literally all the, now all the um, uh, 14, well, this is 14th season, all the all-stars, all the, uh, there's a, Brit- a British one now, so the UK Drag Race, all the three, three seasons. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm hooked in. I have never heard cool. of this. It's no? a bunch of dudes pretending to be uh, women, basically put on makeup dresses and they pretend to be w- women. And, are, you know, some of them are better, some of them are worse. And it's, to me, what's really fascinating about it is, is not about the drama behind it, because there's definitely drama, but it's more about the queens, how crafty and uh, really great they are at makeup and the uh, dresses, what they make. Like if they, especially if they can make it themselves, because sometimes there's like, oh, I'm, I don't, I don't know so, so I don't know how to make this. And there are others that are like, oh, I've made my entire wardrobe, and it's just fascinating. As somebody who knows nothing about, uh, you know, any kind of fashion, my fashion sense is zero. Uh, I, I just can admire that because, like, I love when people who actually shine and can do something in a really next level. Like, you know, if if it's makeup or dresses, like, you know, it's really intricate. And I love that element about it. Wow. That's why I'm watching it. Really. But how do you make 11 seasons of something like that? 14. 14, 14 excuse me. <laughs> uh, well, because there's plenty of drag queens, apparently. There's oh, like, okay. you know, a lot, a lot of them. And again, it's more about... Uh, I feel like this is more the show where it's more about the personalities. So, you know, if, if, oh, you know there yeah. are some yeah. weaker seasons that where, where the queens are not as, you know, some of them are not, they don't click with you and some seasons are excellent because there's like three or four different queens that are just so 
out there and or not even out there but they can be like really fascinating characters and then, you know and then you get to learn a lot about how it is to grow up as gay or as a trans or yeah. as this and this and this and that and it's really you know that to me is also quite eye-opening how what they've been through what they struggled with what the, you know what's their road you know sometimes you know yeah no it's it's a it's a really, I think it's on the verge of trashy and normal, I guess. I don't know. No. The reality TV show, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure. I like watching it. And yeah, it's great. Sure. I was trying to think there was a there was a moment um, where where RuPaul called like somebody uh, like of the wrong name. It was like so obviously wrong. Uh, it was like a celebrity and it was remember. Um, so I was trying to find it like on Google as I was listening to you. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't, but it was like. Oh, I I don't doesn't ring any bells. Only thing that I've heard I've seen about RuPaul being really funny, uh you might have seen it uh, he was on Jimmy Fallon one time and Jimmy Fallon started interview, "Oh, so you are the most uh, you're the uh, really big drag queen." And uh, RuPaul's a like, drag queen. And then there was somebody made a montage how like slow down Jimmy's reaction and he just starts to panic and like <laughs> Jimmy Fallon cancelled and you know all these like headlines cancelled you know disrespectful and then the RuPaul continued saying I'm the drag queen baby and Jimmy Fallon and then you can see his face like oh okay okay I didn't mess up I didn't mess up. oh my career is safe that's amazing and, no honestly I need to link it to you guys like it's like thirty second video it's um, masterful oh just the way you described it it sounds hilarious. No, honestly, like, you know, that, and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Fallon, you know, yeah, so, yeah. no, honestly, you know, that's the only, he probably would have, you know, he's an old, he doesn't look like it, but he's over 60, I believe, so he, you know, he probably, you know, probably forgets some things every once in a while, you know. Nice. Uh, John, bring us back to reality a little bit. <laughs> what are some, like, what are some shows that we don't, uh, uh, what are some sophisticated shows for us? Oh, sophisticated. <laughs> this is oh, goodness me. Um, I suppose <laughs> The Apprentice might fit that uh, description. Of the uh, the UK series is uh, going on at the moment. I think they're on about... I assume this is the same concept from the US show. Like this. Is I, I've never seen the American name. show, but I, I, I would assume Here the same I. thing. Basically, you know, 16 candidates uh, and one of them is fired every week. You know, they're, they're in two teams and uh, a member of the losing team is fired each week. Is that the way it works okay. over there? I, I haven't seen an episode. Oh, right. that, sounds, okay. that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's not Donald Trump, obviously, in this country. It's uh, a guy called Alan Sugar, who's um similar sort of level of fame in terms of being a businessman. He hasn't become a politician. He, mm. he certainly uh, has a lot of views, though. Uh, and yeah. uh, it, it works... Well, for me, I think uh, nowadays, I think, is just an un- unintentional comedy, I think, just laughing at just how absolutely hopeless they all are. Um, like, uh, the- there's one uh, task, I think, where they had to design a video game, and uh, one team called their game Arctic Savior, and they missed the C in the logo. So it's Arctic, which is something to do with oh. trucks, I believe. And uh, they did not notice this this error for a long time until some of the people they were pitching it to were, were like... Uh, I think you've spelt that wrong. Pretty glaring. Yeah, it, it's pretty weird. And uh, the episode that actually aired just this week, actually, um, they were designing baby food. And uh, they called the baby food uh, First Time Foodies. But they designed uh, the O's so they, they were just bowls on the logo. Um, so at a glance, they didn't look like O's at all. So at a glance, the logo actually read First Time F dies on baby food. And again, they didn't notice it until someone pointed it out. It's... Um, it's basically that kind of thing, like every week, uh, just those kind of sort of obvious errors uh, that they are just missing. Uh, there's also a sort of sister show that airs uh, immediately afterwards on another channel called The Apprentice, You're Fired. 
uh, where they do just sort of make fun of uh, the candidate and uh, all the mess ups they make. Uh, so yeah, I think it did start out uh, back in 2005 as like a serious business show for like sort of, like potential business people uh, that just had like a lot of raw young talent, but it quite quickly became just a way of bringing in like people that are very self-centered, quite arrogant and thought they were brilliant business people, but actually had no idea at all. And just, you know, laughing at them at how hopeless they are. I, I think a comedian actually sort of made a point, like, why would anyone sign up for this show? Uh, and then he sort of realized, well, the people on this show are all so obviously idiots to the people that sign up for the show. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think it has kind of gotten a bit samey uh, over the last few years. It is maybe just does get a bit tiring just watching them be hopeless every week. But you know, I, I still enjoy it. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the the later seasons, it's no longer about him just hiring someone to work for him. It's just it's become like um, a business plan that they all have. So it, it's no longer about mm. who the best candidate's about has the best business plan. Uh, also, um, the episode that's going to air this week, I think the interview week, is basically explaining this plan and how good I think they are. Uh, I find that episode a bit boring to be. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, I've been enjoying that as much as ever. Uh, we didn't get a series last year for obvious reasons, so it's a bit back on week. Two. Yeah, yeah, uh, I feel like that's a show that like I like the concept of, but obviously at this point, I don't think I could go back and watch the because it's still involved. Okay. But uh, but like that, that that feels like a. It feels like a really interesting concept, you know, and I feel like there have been thing, there have been like more, uh, like I feel like I feel like at some point, like do you know the show Shark Tank? Well, originated as Dragons Den, yes. Oh yes, yes okay. I do know it. Yeah. Okay, well, I, think, I feel like at Den, some yeah. point that ha- that had to derive from from a sort of uh, like somebody thought of The Apprentice and they're like, what if people come and pitch their business? But then they're like, yeah. well, what if we instead did it more? Sh-? Like, I feel like maybe that must have started from there. And I like Shark Tank. Like, it's like those are fun because you get to see a lot of like variety. And, yeah, yeah. And we have an equivalent over here, Dragon's Den. And, and actually, cool. I think Dragon's Den actually kind of inspired the later seasons of The Apprentice because like I say, it's all about their business plans now. So I, th- mm. I think that's maybe yeah. why they made that decision. Well, and that sounds a lot more interesting to me, like with the make the business. Um, I, took a, yeah. I took a class in college that I had to, uh, me and a, there was a, a 12 of us in the class total and we had four groups. So me and two other people had to build. Uh, this is a class that we went Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, with a one hour lunch break. Like and that, like that was our, our class. Um, and, and you were expected to do work that night. So it's literally just a week that you got your full three credit class. Um, and it was um, it's called not for profit organizations. And me and two other people had to build from the ground up a not for profit. Wow. Like okay. that was like yeah. that sounds kind of similar to my experience and the teacher was like intentionally rough like he would intentionally um like for the purpose like you've not thought about this have you great it's a thing that uh, alan sugar talks about on the show quite a lot how he he started from nothing just built his into an empire what what is he like who is he like Uh, he's just a big businessman i think i'm not quite sure what he what he's involved in at the moment he he was uh, a chairman of quite a big football team in islam hotspur for a long time He's, he's not involved in them anymore but that's the main thing I remember him for, uh, and obviously the apprentice uh, he's known for now. He started a business that would be his largest business venture, Consumer Electronics Amstrad. Oh, um, yes. All right, that's not Amstrad. nothing. Yep, as well as Amsprop. He also, yeah, that's not nothing. Yeah. Um. All right, Um. so uh, do you guys have Peacock in the UK? No. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I believe it's linked with, uh, there's a streaming, there's a Sky or Now TV. I have a Now TV, but it's kind of a Sky package, and I've noticed some Peacock uh, is linked there. So I okay. don't know. They, I think they're kind of like joining it okay. together. I don't have Now TV. Yeah, my thought was, I didn't think Peacock was outside of um, the US. It's the NBC and... one, isn't it? 
Yeah. 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 So probably not. Yeah. And, and people don't, you know, not a lot of people even like it in the U S so, um, but because it's NBC, what they've been doing is, um, for, uh, like the, the big NBC releases their day and date on Peacock. Um, and so like Halloween kills big one that would, uh, because it was partially distributed by NBC, um, which, or I think universal, which is a subsidiary. Um, if you have Peacock, which is $10 a month, you can watch Halloween kills, you know, the same day at home. And so with it being Valentine's day recently, my wife really wanted to watch that new Jennifer Lopez Owen Wilson. Will you marry me um, okay. for Valentine's day? And I said, okay, sure. Um, and we, but we were also like, we went to go see, I think uncharted that weekend or something else. And we like couldn't, couldn't quite find the time to go see that as well. So it was just like, how about Valentine's day was on a Monday. So how about let's order in and let's watch marry me at home. She's like, actually that sounds great. So, so I ordered Peacock, Peacock for a month. Um, and so, um, because there was also a couple shows that I was wanting to watch, um, you know, the new, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, just called Bel-Air. That's like a dramatic version. Like that's, that's a peacock for us. Um, I don't, yeah, that's I'm, on a sky here. Yes. That's, that is here, but it's on a sky slash now here in the UK. I really yeah. don't want to watch. So, and like, no, I don't I know. How like, I think looks. I want to watch one episode, right? I think I just want to watch one episode. Um, <laughs> may, maybe not anymore, but you know, if I have it right. But it's not something I'm going to go buy Peacock to get. How do you but, make fresh but you know what I will. Serious, but you know what I will spend money on Peacock for is uh, MacGruber is now uh, the show oh, yeah. on that. So I, I haven't seen MacGruber yet. Um, I'll be talking about it next. Um, but what I did do is uh, when Peacock launched, um, they started a couple new shows and they canceled a couple shows and they moved them over to Peacock. And so um, one one of the shows that I just got into right before it was. It was canceled. It was an NBC show. They canceled it, and then they moved it to Peacock. It's called AP Bio. Um, so I was watching it on Hulu, and then it got canceled, and and then within 24 hours, picked up by Peacock. So it was just, you could tell they were just trying to move it over there. Um, and it went for two seasons on Peacock, and unfortunately just got canceled. Um, so they won't be coming back for more. Oh. But I love this show. And so if you have Peacock and aren't watching AP Bio, like it's really worth your time. Or if you're if you if you have access to it, it's really fun. Um, each season's a little different, but essentially you got a disgraced Harvard professor, Harvard philosophy pe- professor that kind of gets forced back to go live in his dead mom's apartment in Toledo, Ohio, which is not an exciting place. Um, and then uh, um, in the show, it's less exciting than the actual city itself. Um, my br- my brother went to University of Toledo. It's like it's kind of a big city, you know, but still, Ohio is a pretty unimpressive state. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, um, so, so he, so, and he winds up teaching AP biology to a bunch of, you know, a lot of them have like nerd stereotypes. You know, you've got your, your really smart, all she cares about is study, 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 wants to be valued. You've got baby kid, like they, they fall into stereotypes. Um, but it's, they kind of play off that like intention. Um, they're meant, they're not necessarily meant to feel like everyday kids. They're meant to feel like exaggerated. Um, and so he's like, I'm not teaching you anything. And it usually winds up being like, here's somebody that wronged me. We're going to find a way to take them down. Like, um, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a really great show. They, they take some creative risks, um, especially in like three and four. Um, there's this one in particular episode that's incredible because it, like the whole time they're just going like on previously on AP Bi- and they've never done that. So they're like previously on, and then they'll show like big time jumps and like really convoluted situations that it just plays out. Like when you get one of those episodes of V that's, it's a sitcom by the way. Um, okay. When you get one of those episodes where like, it kind of creates this own web, kind of like every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm does where it kind of creates this own web to at the end, you're just kind of like, it's interesting how we got from here to there and to watch it all blow up at the end. And it's, 
there, there's one episode that's specifically like that. I think it's just called, um, I'll have to look it up now. It's like ep- season four, episode four or six. I think it's just called like Dan's Huggers. It's, it's, it's really good. I like the show. If you have access to it, you should for sure be watching P-Bio. I don't think I've seen it or even heard about it, but I'll definitely check, uh, check it out if we can actually watch it. I would imagine it would be Now TV or the Sky Package, as I mentioned before, because yeah, it's just kind of weird here with Peacock. Yeah. AP Bio. Uh, the episode is... AP Bio. The episode is season three, episode three, called Gary Meets Dave. You don't really need to watch the rest of the show to just watch that one episode, but it's really funny if you watch the rest of the show, and then all of a sudden there's this one. It's not a, bo- it's not really a bottle episode, but it's definitely not the style of the rest of the show. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, looks like it's on Sky. Oh, and the, the star of it is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, it's on Apple if TV. you guys have checked out that show. Oh, oh. Apple TV. Okay. That's fun. I don't have me neither. Yeah, it just yeah, it just says on Sky.com. Okay, so that should be on our TV. Probably a Sky okay, channel. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah. Thing is, with Sky, you don't yep. really know what channel it's on. They have tons of channels. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of structured really weirdly. Like most and of the so HBO you, you stuff. It, um, most mm-hmm. of the HBO stuff is on this channel called Sky Atlantic, which okay. uh, I can't get with the um the digital service that I use exclusive mm-hmm. to okay. Sky's own digital service. So. Uh, I want to watch any HBO stuff. It's got to be uh, now TV. Yeah, yeah. And in the AP Bio, you mentioned that that's already finished, right? So it's only three or four seasons, and that's it. Yep, four seasons, forty-two episodes total. Um, okay. it, you know, it's it's sad because like I wish there was more. Um, but it, it's just because it's it's such a funny show. Um, so and it's it's again the the main character is also in it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. So if you're a fan of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You know, it's um, the main character plays Dennis in in It's Always mm-hmm. Sunny. Take him and oh, put him in a slightly different context, but he's essentially the same character. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll be quick. I only have one other thing um, that in its um, winning time, it's the new HBO Max series um, pr- executive produced by Adam McKay. Um, there's only one episode out as we're recording, but I think another one drops. T- it's um, it, it follows Magic Johnson and the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, wow. in the, um, but it but like. The first episode is directed by Adam McKay, so it really has like a big short vibe too. But I, I'm oh. not an NBA fan; I've never been. I I loved watching The Last Dance because you know it, it helped connect a lot of pieces for me um, mm-hmm. growing up near Chicago in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, but um, I like I really loved that, and so it's like it, it's it. I'm really excited to see this because Magic Johnson, you hear so much about. And I, I'm not a basketball fan. So, so it's about him having HIV. Um, I think. Um, at some point it gets there. Um, I, the very first scene I believe is where he gets the diagnosis. Oh, um, right. but they, they're not explicit about that, but cause like it's the very first scene and then they show the title card and then they go back and, um, uh, it's actually, it actually follows the owner of the team, um, more than it does. Like, can, I guess equally probably because it's, it's kind of like he is dead set on turning magic or star that he, you know, and utilizing his full potential and, but it's, there's also like the business side of owning, um, you know, and and the process of you know him going out to to buy it and whatnot. So it's it, we've really I think the end of the first episode is when he gets drafted. So it's it's a lot of like you know them meeting him and them and, and the owner convincing the rest of the people why they need to draft Magic Johnson. Unfortunately, you know he was he was drafted in an era and the show makes no light of it. That's you know a lot of people were simply overlooking him because Magic is a black person. So. Uh, like well, so like the show like has this like they sh- like they do this really good job of like taking narrators um, words that they were saying because Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were in the same draft and those were the most highly sought 
people. And uh, and you would hear the way they would talk about Larry Bird, and then side by side, you they would talk about Magic Johnson. It's not subtle at all because Adam McKay would put would would take the words that they were saying and then put like big letters like white next to it, like you know this is how we Jeez. this is how we talk about white people. This so it's like it's it's interesting in a lot of those regards. So there's 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 a little bit of that. It's it's maybe a little bit too Adam McKay. Like I I have a like I don't want this to go to like don't look up. Um, but like, it's really comfortable. It's big, short vibe right now. And I don't know that he directed any more of the episode. Um, I think, I think the series would really benefit if he doesn't direct anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm having a good time. It's on HBO max here in the States. So I don't know where you'll get that. Um, UK, I know HBO max is, is starting to come. What was it called again? Like Chris, it's called winning time. And again, there's only, um, there's only one episode out. I think the second episode will drop this. Um, John C. Riley is, is the lead playing, uh, Jerry Buss, the guy that owns guys that owns the team jason clark's in there like jason clark um adrian brody so some pretty I good talent see there. it uh, being listed anywhere uh it might be one of those things that once it finished it might go to we, we may be getting it later yeah probably but it depends like for example euphoria you know the moment uh, the episode would drop in a U- usa it would drop in a uk almost so like the yeah. next day so yeah, you never hmm, quite know, never know. according to According to Tom's guide, uh, this says it'll come to the UK via Sky Atlantic or now. At- yeah, so. Sky Atlantic. Yeah, they're normally yeah. on both. Yeah. If it's on one, it'll be Sky Atlantic now. And I think that's just speculation, but it sounds like yeah, that's probably whenever it finishes. So, most would you day, do you reckon? HBO would I? Is. I was gonna just ask. Would you, do you reckon? Would I like it if I have no clue about who he was, Magic Johnson, and or if I don't know anything about NBA? Um, I I don't know anything about NBA. NBA. Um. Uh, and I, I only know Magic Johnson by reputation, known as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I think if you, I think if you just know this guy is a big deal. Um, he is one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um, he was a huge deal at the time. Uh, yeah, he, he, def, he, def, he revitalized the Lakers franchise. Um, you know, we wouldn't have the the Kobe and Shaq on the Lakers days without you know without without the days of Magic Johnson that stuff. Yeah. So, um, if you just understand that and. And as far as there's not been a lot of sports yet, but so it's, so it's, I think I feel probably similar to like, I can watch Ted Lasso knowing nothing and caring nothing about soccer. Although this is a biography, Ted Lasso. So, yeah. um, I, w- I would say, sure. If you like Adam McKay, check it out. If, if, if you hate Adam McKay, like if you hate his style, like, especially like that big short, like breaking the fourth wall and kind of letting you in on things. He, they don't do that. Like let's cut to Margot Robbie in a bathtub, but, but like John C. Riley as the main character definitely does like break, uh, break the fourth wall, look at the camera. And they're talking about making this deal. And they're like, you know, I don't have this money, but I'm going to tell him that I do. And I'm going to get the money. And, you know, and so like, mm-hmm. you know, and then he'll resume the conversation. Like, that kind of yeah okay yeah well i love the uh, I, th- I think i love the last dog i think it would definitely. be worth it. yeah and again that's a documentary this is this yeah, won't be I, anything again, like that but it definitely different. like yeah yeah for sure um and the last the last dance is incredible it so. is. still haven't seen it uh look as somebody it would be really interesting to watch as somebody with no nba experience but it's really meant for people that have only ever heard of michael jordan to get the full picture like I feel like that's really who that documentary is for because other than that it's just people taking taking a trip down memory lane and mm-hmm. that certainly could be a thing but I feel like it was for people like me who had heard Michael Jordan is the greatest of all times and and seen clips of him playing and seen Space Jam. Yeah, but then, I, like, I was surprised yeah. how much they covered his career actually because I thought you know maybe most people in America would probably know. Um, I mean, a lot of people do. Yeah. If people are into sports, they're really into sports. Um, yeah, exactly. But, um, but or especially like for the younger generation that like will never see Michael play. True. Yeah. Yep. 
Whew, that's all I got. That's all I've been watching. So what what are some what are some of the things that you like really like you know we probably should get moving on relatively soon. What are the things that you like really can't not talk about? John, you feel like starting? Uh I could say a little bit about Buffy, which I've been working my way through. I'm on uh, season three. Uh, yeah. And it, it's weird. There are seven seasons. I'm only about halfway through season three. And I'm already starting to think, what else could possibly happen in this show that hasn't happened already? <laughs> a lot. There's so Trust much me. stuff is going on. A lot. Yeah. I've, Buffy's on my list of shame. I haven't seen oh, it yet. Man. But I know it's, oh, I know it's um, Sip Pop writer Alice, her favorite show of all time. I, I can definitely you see know- why. You know what's funny? I've actually seen both uh, Buffy and Angel about two, three years ago. I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've done a marathon of both. Uh, so it's still kind of fresh in my memory. So there's a lot. If you're middle season three, yeah, that's almost the peak, I would say. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. There's a lot that, that happens. And if you want to enhance, I don't know how much you know or how much you've heard, but if you want to enhance your viewing pleasure, I guess, uh, from season four, um, that's when Angel kicks in. I was just going to ask you that. Where, when do I start watching <laughs> Angel? Uh, there is a thing called uh, People of the Internet. They named it Watchers, uh, Watchers Watch or something like that. Something like Watchers Guide to Watching Buffy and Angel. Because of what they've done... Um, not to go too deep into it, but obviously uh, Angel season one started in '99, so that w- that was when uh, Buffy season four started, All and right, Jaws uh, was kind of you know doing multiverses before it was cool, I guess. So he kind of uh, tied them together, and I would say 80% of the time where it's tied in together, it doesn't necessarily pay off in any major way that you you know you, you know there might be the occasional reference or something you, right, if you actually watch you know based on that they will pay off but then there's a 20 percent where it's actually more tied in where it makes more sense overall to watch them based on that guide and i that's what i've done and i do not regret you know it will yeah. you know it will take you longer to get through buffy obviously because suddenly you're watching angel simultaneously so you know there's a couple of uh, chunks where you yeah yeah, there's a couple of chunks where you watch like five episodes of buffy and then four episodes of angel or you know three episodes of uh, angel and one episode of buffy and then another episode of angel it's kind of you know all over the place it can or it can feel all all over the place but there is a rhyme and reason reason to it okay and no yeah both of them are great i think now that uh, those marvel series are on disney plus they're gonna have to do that with those uh the daredevil and the jessica jones and the whatever they <laughs> well, were. They, just... they kind of cross over in different orders as well right i would right. be surprised if there wasn't if there's somebody already hasn't done it some you know them i'm pretty sure there must be some sort of ultimate this is how to watch the mcu even including movies or whatever i'm oh, I'm, yeah. oh there shocked. definitely is that yeah yeah no i would be shocked there would be I, I would be interested to see if if Disney releases everything in chronological order like at least for at least for, at least for the Netflix shows like because they 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 have their collections and all that so mm-hmm. if they would be willing to have a collection that says you know the the Defenders series you know and so then it has Disney Plus could have like know, uh, Buffy Angel and then Buffy and Angel like mixed together or something yeah, as an sure. option on the on the front mm-hmm. page or something. Well, my understanding is at least for Buffy and Angel, this isn't going to be like if you want to watch like Arrow and and Flash and Legends you know, Legends Tomorrow whatever like where you really have to watch all those in real time in order no. to, to like you you could in theory watch all of season four of Buffy and then all of season okay, one right. of Angel like I yes. feel like yeah. but again there is like you know there are certain yes that's you know yeah there are people that definitely watch it like that and you know probably again eighty percent of the time you would not you wouldn't lose any you know anything but yeah. then there is the occasional moment where suddenly for example 
Angel might come back or Buffy might go to Angel show and suddenly it's like, oh, what what just happened there? And, there, you know, it's kind of always kind of explains in the other show what's happening. And there are some cool moments uh, if you watch it in that order that pay off in like a tiny way. No, I would recommend it if you have the time. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to watch Angel because I, I love that character. I would say it's definitely they did him justice. I didn't like him as much in Buffy, but I did like him in his own show because they, def- they did him, I, th- I thought, more justice to him and other uh, characters like yeah. Spike and the other ones from Buffy. Yeah, oh, so, Spike's in Angel? Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> not that's a good thing. Not yeah. I want to see more not, of him. I, I thought okay, he was not, actually, to this point I'm at at the show. Uh, no, no, no. Not... Not for a while. Okay. He's not gonna leave Buffy for a while. Again, I'm not. I don't want to spoil it for you, but he's he's gonna stay long, long, long for on Buffy. Okay. And then something, you know, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but no, yeah, you will see. Okay. Sorry for a spoiler, by the way. That's okay. Luke, Luke, what are the things that you? Uh, what are the last couple of things that you really want to like? say something about whoa i'm just going through what i'm watching nothing too interesting to be honest i don't think um i would say maybe from what i'm just currently watching you mean or anything um, i mean I, I feel like we we should probably get moving on to the b-pot relatively soon i do want to touch on the hot takes mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. before we do that so yeah, okay. yeah I, can, it, I can i can discuss that yeah um the uh the quick real quick just the only um addition to my queue is um it, there's a new hbo show um that taika watiti developed uh that just premiered called our flag means death that's just the, the other th- yeah. the new thing that it's i'm gonna check that out very soon but um so let's move on to the hot takes then um luke l- why don't you kick us off what's your tv hot take so i have several but i mm-hmm. i think i'm guessing I'm guessing, uh, you know what, let's let's promote something that's relatively unknown, or I don't know how unknown it is. There's this TV show from early 2000s called Andromeda. I don't know how big was it in the U.S.? That's that's before I was born, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of it. Um, so It's Kevin Sorbo, so Hercules himself, which okay. it was obviously before Twitter and before he unfortunately became somebody i don't really recognize anymore um you know politics aside basically it's a it's a show from um, gene roddenberry the guy behind star trek so okay. and this got might five be... seasons so yeah. it was probably a decent hit well yeah see here's the thing it's a you can tell i i'll say something that's probably gonna alienate plenty of people i think the universe is at least the building blocks are much better in in there than Star Trek because I I feel like the races of different well races like creatures they are better defined and there's one you know so basically the show is Kevin Sorbo he is fighting this battle um, and he gets frozen in time right so he gets resurrected 300 years afterward afterward and he. This whole com- Commonwealth was it called? There was a, like this civilization of all most of the civilizations were connected. You know, think of like European Union or America, or whatever. You know, like NATO, right? And suddenly he realizes 300 years later it's fallen, and it was the deciding battle. And he try, and then the universe, the entire universe, because there's no one force that's pulling everybody together. Everybody's kind of in chaos, and everybody's against each other. So he tries to, you know, start to unify them again. The different worlds, different races, and it's all about that. Okay. The, it was, from what I understand, produced in Canada on a really low budget, and you can tell by certain effects. You know, you can see the one establishing shot 
every single episode a few times. Sure. But my hot take would be, first of all, if you get past the acting and the, those effects, there's actually a decent story. And, you know, the men trapped, you know, frozen in time, fighting for these ideals where they are, you know, much bigger and larger than him. And he just wants to do what's right. Uh, did the show go slightly off the scale in the last season? <laughs> yes, yes, it was just, uh, without going in, into any spoilers, yeah, it just was slightly strange. So, it looks as if 6.6 on IMDb, that's not horrible, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, that just, um... It's not great by any stretch, look, it's not great, and that's why it's hot take, right? It's not great by <laughs> sure, any stretch of sure. imaginations, but I... I wish, because it has his name, and it has a really great world building, and, you know, and the races are really, like, you know, they are diff- they are so differentiated, where if somebody clever enough, with some decent budget, got a hold of that, we could have a great sci-fi TV show on our hands, which mm-hmm. I think is something, you know, sci-fi TV shows, obviously, Star Trek. And now Star Wars is coming into play. But, you know, I feel like we just need somebody, something else. And Andromeda, by the way, the ship is a really cool design. I've always liked that design, even though, again, the actual CGI, not that great, but the actual ship's design, it's really great. So oh, I just, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. See, if you can, if you can, please Google Andromeda ship or something. It will, it'll, it'll pop up. And and again, there are some like gadgets on the TV show and some uh, ideals. You know, he's definitely like you know Kevin Sorbo's character, Dylan Hunt, supposed to be this idealistic guy who just fights for the for good, for a better, for a better future, for all that. And you know, he needs to go through a bunch of obstacles. And yeah, no, it's. I feel like if somebody, you know, give it to somebody decent, give it to somebody hire better actors and like decent enough budget, and I think we could have a really great sci-fi TV show where, especially there is like two races of people, there is like one that's clear enemy and has been the enemy for the entire like uh, run, and there's one that's kind of enemy. They are called Nietzscheans and based on a Nietzsche the philosopher. And, you know, if you were to play around with them and those ideals and what they stand for and how they came about, I feel like we could have some sort of almost, I would say even better than Star Trek, because I always thought, even though it's, a, <laughs> even though it's, there's no comparison, Star Trek's been, you know, Star Trek's been influential in everything, right? No yeah. argument there. And much better movies, TV shows, graphics, all of that. I always felt like the Andromeda, because it was, it was, it was smaller it was more compact almost okay so that was my that's my hot take just you know somebody please bring it back and give it to somebody decent. Well, and it looks like the only reason that it was canceled was because it was owned by uh, a company um based out of chicago called that um that went bankrupt so the the company that was making it went um and if you're interested in watching it in the states it's free on youtube um <laughs> it's also free on prime video and free on voodoo yeah. but it's yeah. free uh, on you and and I confirmed, so... That's, see, that's, I think that tells you how, you know, the qu- uh, quality of the show, that it's free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Again, I cannot... Like, well, look, I'll say this. The first two seasons, if you can get past Kevin Sorbo, and if you can get past CGI, I honestly feel like the first two seasons, there is something there, right? Okay. 
It's not going to be the best TV show you'll ever see. And it's probably not going to be the best 100 TV show you'll see. No. But I feel like the potential is 100% there. And if somebody half decent and with half of a brain and give them some some proper budget where the CGI can look great, I think we could have something on our hands where really, really give us something to think about. Yeah, I think there is definitely cool. a market for remaking things that weren't that good. You know, if it's a good idea, but just not properly executed to, to me that's the entire point of remakes we yeah. stop remaking stuff that worked and was successful won awards made money just no just remake stuff that maybe because of the technology or because of the talent involved wasn't as great and give them like a second yeah. shot at being great but maybe somebody else came about who grew up watching it as a as a kid and uh, you know seen the potential and be like oh i wish they would have done this like, you know, like a perfect yeah. example would yeah. be John Favreau and Dave Filoni, what they've done with Star Wars and Clone Wars, and now sure. like they're doing with the live action. You can tell these guys are not, well, you know, they are in, the, in it for money, but right, they right, love right. it. They truly love it because they grew up on it. And you, you probably can tell that Dave Filoni must have written some fan fiction back in when he was growing up. Oh, you know it. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Just, you know, give it to the geek who actually lives it and breathes it and knows the world. And, you know, and I think you might have something there. Yeah. Yep. John, what do you got for your hot take? Uh, I have two. Uh, one was one that uh, I didn't have much to say about, but uh, you said you had something to say about before we started. I'll probably yeah, have, that's probably okay. I'll have one now. listed so we can... The other one's the one I kind of have a lot to say about. Shall I do them both? Or... Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go for both. Go for both. Okay. So the first, the one I have a lot to say about is, uh, should streaming platforms uh, stop dropping the entire seasons at once? Because... Uh, Generally speaking, as like a fan of like a lot, a lot of shows on streaming services, I I'm not sure I really like it. I I think there is more value to getting one episode a week and being able to discuss that one episode with uh, people and you know just seeing the reviews of the one episode online and you know, seeing what people think about where they think the show's mm-hmm. going. You know, was this a good episode this week? Uh, character being used properly? Is it? Are they not? What's going to happen next? Whereas if you drop a whole right. season at once, you know, you've got basically entire character arcs uh, being just consumed all at once by people. And, the, you know, the reviews are all, uh, the entire season. Um, WandaVision, for example, on Disney Plus, I don't think that show would have worked at all if they had dropped the entire season because that was all about like... I mean, it, it would have been less impactful, yeah, for sure, because you get time to contemplate, you get time to try to predict, think ahead, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like Squid Game, for example, on Netflix, one of those episodes actually ends on a cliffhanger. And I remember thinking when I saw that, it's like, well, what's the point of that? People will just go to the next episode. And I, I actually tried to sort of utilize this cliffhanger by, by just shutting it off for a bit and coming back to it a couple of days later. Like, let's get a real value out of that cliffhanger. I mean, and the cliffhanger isn't really one because it's all of the main characters are in danger yeah, versus you, a bunch of nobodies. Like, I, I know you yeah. kind of knew what was going to happen there, but you didn't know exactly how they were going to survive, maybe. Right. It's the value right. I saw in that. But uh, j- I was talking yep. about just the mere fact that they decided to end an episode of Hangout. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No. I mean, you have to have something to make somebody not shut off the TV. You have to have something to make somebody let it go to the next episode or select next episode. But like, yeah, that 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 felt like, no, that's how you do like shows that air week to yeah. week. Um, and, and the other sure. thing for me, so. I think is people want to shut off the show um, for like a bit and come back to it later. 
there is no episode recap, obviously, on the thing when they come back to it. So I've forgotten quite a lot of it. Whereas uh, I think the weekly right. shows, they certainly on Disney Plus anyway, that they have to recap. Well, you have your episode recaps and just in general, you're thinking about the show for a longer period of time. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there's less. Yeah, that... I mean, my answer is just some shows, yes, some shows, no. Yeah, like, like Mandalorian um, definitely is better. Like Queen's but, Gambit. Like, there's, there's not necessarily... Queen's Gambit worked yeah. perfectly. It's just dropping that entire season well, once. It's I like, it's like that, a, so just a long say. move. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think rule of thumb, you're like 30 minute comedies don't necessarily mean yo, reality shows. Yeah, I, I guess it depends. There's value. In, um, but really, like rule, rule of thumb is however serious you want your show to be. If it's not serious at all, there's no reason for it to, for you to wait. Like I just watched the Cuphead show on Netflix. Um, I talked about that last yeah, month. True. Cuphead show is great. Actually, no, I didn't. Um, Cuphead show is great. I wrote I wrote the review on SifPop.com. You can go check it out. Cuphead show is incredible. There's no reason for Cuphead show, okay. but Mandalorian released all at once would not be anywhere. Well, and plus they you know they created the bus for it, and you know I think those uh, shows you mentioned, Mandalorian, WandaVision, you know they are so big they create a bus for it, so they know they have the fan base. Whereas some show that would decide, okay. We're not as big, but let's try this model. I don't know if it necessarily work, especially if it was a new Netflix show, because people associate Netflix with binging, because that's where that started, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it could. I can see, like, I I like your point about the characters, because you don't remember the characters, you remember the story. So I 100% agree with that. And I think that's why it's, you know, those Netflix shows are more tailored to that, where not necessarily they don't have great characters, they do, but it's more about, it's mainly story driven. So it's like, you know, it feels like, yeah, six hour movie. For example, like Queen's Gambit would be, as as you mentioned, a perfect example. It just feels like something that's, yeah, it was like a six to eight hour movie rather than one limited TV show. It's basically a movie. Yeah. Uh, and then your other one. Uh, the other your one I don't take. really have a huge amount to say about. Um, nobody liked the last season of Scrubs, and I think uh, the main reason why people I don't like the last, the last season, season of Scrubs, Scrubs is because it's not Scrubs. It's it's a different. Right. Show. I love the last season of Scrubs, but season nine isn't last season. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> season nine of Scrubs. Nobody liked it because it's not Scrubs. Right. It's it's a different show, right. a different main character. Uh, the main characters from Scrubs aren't in it a, a huge amount, and it's a different location. But I just sort of wonder if they had branded it as like a spin-off series, like called it like Scrubs, the medical school, the medical years, something like that. Could it possibly have been seen as a slightly better show? It, it still wouldn't have been a good show exactly, but it, it might have been better received. What do you think? I, your answer first. Uh, I, I think it, it would have been. I, th- I think like knee-jerk reaction they started watching that uh nine uh was well this is scrubs and that they just hated it right. uh, from that but when i watched it on uh, disney plus like uh, fairly recent i knew going in i'm gonna be like scrubs that kind of shit and i think i actually enjoyed it have a you seen more, the show luke uh as a result nope. no. well uh, hopefully both of us loving scrubs gives you a little pep in your step um as mentioned i i it's on my list of you know of shame only reason i haven't watched it is i heard about plenty of music got replaced yeah. of because of streaming so and i just i'm just waiting i've recently read an article with the show creators that they are working actually actively working on uh, getting the original music even on disney plus so i'm still hoping there will be some sort of re-release uh, like maybe in two years yeah. time where it's like oh hey we finally have you know everything is restored as you know as it once was and that's literally my cue to finally watch it but i i have heard as i mentioned in the pre-show it's been spoiled for me basically the ninth season it's not nine season. so yeah i i know what you mean yeah and this might even encourage you. Um, the 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 showrunner behind Ted Lasso did Scrubs. Oh. I still haven't seen Ted Lasso. I, I heard 
But I heard great things about it. Well, and I know it's on John's queue, so. Oh, it is. Oh, it's on my queue. It's on my queue as well, but I've only put on my queue about 10 first or 15 first TV shows. My queue is about 100. Like, yeah. I, I was like, that's that's too much. No, just. But right. see, to your point, uh, Scrubs and uh, Season 9 not being Season 9, uh, have you guys watched Masters of no- uh, Master of None? I saw the first two seasons, never saw the third. I was going to say, because actually, I'm, I'm going to make the same argument for Season 3. Because Season 3. Um, without any spoilers, it's not really season three because it's not really Master of None. It's about a different character from that show, and it's about something totally different. Right. And even though I love that character, it threw me off, and it deals with some heavy heavy topics. And it's like you go into it expecting one thing, and then it, it turns out to be a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. And so. I was I I wasn't disappointed. It was just this wasn't Master of None. So I exactly yeah. as you said, Scraps not being ninth. You know, this should have been ninth season. Ninth season. It should have been Medical Chronicle or something. Yeah, like that. Same argument. Yeah, Master Master of None. First two seasons great. The third one is not really Master. Of None. Yeah. No. I think I think that's the answer, uh, John. Because uh, and and I even can confirm that because uh, when I rewatched. Um, I rewatched Scrubs at the start of the pandemic. I'd I had already seen every episode before and reruns a great times. Um, and I, and when I got to season nine, I, I I took a little bit of a break between season eight and season nine. But when I when I went in, I was just like had the mindset this is something different. Um, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna look at it for what it actually is. And for what it actually is, it's it's okay at best. It's not great. Yeah, it's um, still not great. Yeah, it's I not agree. it's not horrible, but it's not great. And uh. But but if you would have had it under a different title, I think especially by the end of that season, you really start to kind of understand the characters and feel. It. I think they just needed needed a little bit of time for us to to care about the new characters, especially because the old characters are still involved. Um, yeah. So I th- I think it would have gotten a season two if uh, if they would have if they would have rebranded it more as a spinoff, call it Scrubs Medical Scrubs. In. Yep. So I think I think you're right on the money. Uh, it wouldn't be great, but I think it lo- enough to maybe get another season, and then maybe it could take off, kind of like Parks and Rec. Nice. And they so. they clearly wanted another season from the way that it ended. Right. It's a shame. Really. Um. Okay. So so let's move on to the B plot then. Uh. So we, I just thought this 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 could be relatively quick. I thought let's just talk about some of our favorite side characters. Um. So we each have five, and uh, we'll we'll, we'll make this relatively quick. Um. But uh, uh, John, why don't you give me your first one? Uh, Doctor Cox from Scrubs. Pro- probably this one of the. the uh, this is the greatest uh, side character of all time. Yeah. <laughs> to me. Probably one of the main like, reasons I, I, why I did The five pick, that I uh, picked, I specifically picked different ones than you guys. So I don't have him on my list, but he is the greatest of all yeah. time. He's probably one of the main reasons why I didn't think season nine was that bad because he was, in, you know, just being Dr. Cox. Yeah. Uh, and just you don't even really need context to just be able to watch him uh, and understand why he's a great character. It's just the stuff he comes out with, like every episode, almost almost like practically everything he says is just like absolutely hilarious. Um, I don't know if maybe his whole stit of going off on like random rants like got a little bit stale uh, later on in the seasons. It's like you'd seen it so much, so often. I think they got creative with it, so yeah, it never got but, stale. Yeah, they, they were always so different and and so bizarre. Some of the stuff he came out with, it, it was absolutely and uh, great. I, I don't know the actor's name actually. I, I feel bad for that. Um, but a great, great John McGinley, John C. McGinley. Okay. Uh, Great performance as well, just the way he did those lines, and had to take a while to memorize those rants. Unless he has no, he memorized yeah. it. Um, there's a, if you're interested, uh, John, um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison have a podcast of them rewatching the show because they've never seen it since they aired, and so every now and then they have uh, they have guests on um, from the show. So sometimes it's sometimes it's a writer, sometimes it's a co-star, and so he's on it pretty frequently, um, cool. and it's really interesting hearing his insights. So uh, it's on iHeartRadio. Radio. Um, so it's on everywhere, but iHeartRadio produces it. So 
naturally it's a great show that's interrupted with with far too long ads for far too long or for far too um but if you have a skip button you know <laughs> 15 second skip button um i'll go next because uh look i could have the whole supporting cast of scrubs down here um but i decided one person per show and i wasn't going to take anybody that you guys had so um i went with the janitor from scrubs because he's also one of the best part um he was only supposed to be in it for like a couple episodes but he did so good that he became a series regular um as a side character and um there's lots of fun to be had with the character yeah has some of the most memorable yeah, moments for sure yeah, what you got luke well my first one would be holy from red, red dwarf and it's i'm not quite sure if you are familiar with red dwarf no it's a computer what about you john yeah i i know holly Okay, good, good. Um, it's a c- computer. It's basically you never see because it's a computer. It's just his head, so you never see his body because it's a computer program. And he's the only. And a later season, she is the only one that kind of has any common sense. So it's this sarcastic um, person just keeps everybody grounded. And I always love that. And yeah, the first two seasons because they had to recast. Uh, re- he recast that role because the art actor, I think he didn't want to do it or something like that. So he, they recasted him as a woman, which, you know, was kind of creative, creative decision. Yeah, like I did, mm-hmm. I did like it. Like it, it took me, I remember first time I watching, uh, watching it, it took me a while to get used to it, but then I liked it. No, but yeah, the first two seasons, the original actor, he's just, uh, you know, the running joke of the of the show is my IQ is six thousand, uh, which is the same as six thousand DET years. You know, it's kind of like he's got these uh, snarky, sarcastic remarks throughout the entire show, and he's just great. I, th- I think one of my favorite lines of his is when um, this rather attractive woman comes in to like uh, where they are. I think it was one of the episodes where they're in prison or something, um, and all the men are obviously really aroused by her. And he just goes, uh, it's at times like this, I'm thankful that I'm just ahead. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. John, what's your second pick? Uh, uh, Seuss from uh, Gravity Falls. Yeah, I've not seen the uh, show. Oh, but... okay. I'm going to have to explain I know people like it. Have you seen it, Luke? Yeah, that's okay. No, unfortunately, oh. it's on my list. It, it's on my list yet again. Okay, I'm so sorry. basically he's, uh, he's a bit like the sort of janitor at uh, the Mystery Shack where these two main characters, Dipper and Mabel, are basically living for the summer. And he's just uh, sort of the lovable that sort of tries to help out the kids on their adventure, do lots of uh, things things uh, to sort of help them along. He, he's got kind of, kind of like a childlike nature, and he you know bumbles around being a. But but he also you know you know he doesn't uh, he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean to mess things up. And he actually does um, have like a, a good amount of common sense. He's not like an idiotic uh, sort of character. He just sort of makes mistakes, and he he realizes that he's uh, messed up. And he has like so many like uh, funny lines throughout the series. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite uh, lines is when he he takes a, a job as a chef and he just says, uh, is the kitchen supposed to have that much fire in it? Just sort of not quite realizing that he's messed up, but at the same time, sort of, you sort of know he, he doesn't know anything. Um, uh, he play li- that he sort of plays actually the role of kind of like uh, the mentor, or the leader in later scenes. Uh, but like, yeah. Uh, they, their grunkle Stan, sort of like um, their, their father figure throughout the series, and there's a lot of episodes where they want to keep like who he is and what he's doing to him. So he sort of takes on the sort of grunkle Stan role of places. So he's also quite a responsible character. I'm drawing a blank on a lot of funny lines he comes up with off my head. Um, it's all good. I feel like Gravity Falls is one of those shows that like everybody that watches that show is like just be like, yes, yes, there you go. Um, my next pick, we already mentioned him. Uh, it's Andy Dwyer from from Parks and Rec. Um, Chris Pratt's just excellent in this role. I know you haven't seen him, John, uh, seen the show, John, yeah. but um, it's a great show. And um, once you get past season one, 
And it, it's also, you can tell, they start to give a little bit more freedom to their actors. Um, Chris Pratt was only supposed to be in the first season, but he did such a good job and they loved him enough that they brought him back and they gave him a more regular role and like they continually give him more to do. And it's one of those, it's one of those shows that like, it's one of those performances that you, you can tell in the script, not knowing it, but the producers say later, they're like, yeah, we just kind of like let Chris Pratt do whatever he wanted because it was always funnier than what we would write. So, um, like famously there's this, um, there's this episode where Leslie, the main character, Amy Poehler has the flu and, uh, and she's leaving a room and they, they, they do this set and the, and the scene is just supposed to end. And then Chris Pratt interrupts and he's like, Hey Leslie, I typed your computer, your symptoms in the computer. And it says that you have network connectivity issues. Like, so it's like one of the funniest lines that was completely ad libbed. And the, and then, uh, and the writers like, are just like, this is why we don't really write stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. We just like, here's the situation run with it. And, and it's great. It's really great. But he, he winds up being the heart of the show near the end of it. Having some of the biggest stuff is great. Him and Aubrey Plaza work so well. Yeah. They're, they're incredible. Just yes. For sure. Uh, Luke, what's your next pick? Uh, my is the King himself, AKA Omar Little from The Wire. I think yeah, buddy. I think it's just yeah, exactly. See, you haven't seen The Wire, John. Have you seen The Wire? Uh, I saw the first season. Okay, so I, Omar's coming. Yes, Omar is coming, and he, he came and he saw and conquered. He even people who have never seen The Wire have heard about Omar mm-hmm. because it's just such an influential character, and plenty of people forget how influential he was because he gets introduced as this badass everybody is afraid of. You know, Omar's coming, Omar's coming, oh, you know, hide, you know, he's coming, he's coming. And then, just later on, I'm, should I mention this? Should I not? I don't know if this is, would be considered spoiler. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I feel like the, the Wire is one of those shows that is on yeah. a lot of people's cues. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people haven't seen. I, I, I would hesitate from, yeah. from giving that away. There is a choice. There's a choice about his character that's made later on. And it and it just comes out of nowhere, but it makes doesn't okay. It doesn't make sense, but it does does make sense, and it makes it so everything so much cooler and realer about yeah. his already yeah. cool and established character, and also the way how he uh, throughout his five seasons, throughout you know how he's his character where he ends up. It's also quite uh, interesting. I'll say that. But yeah, I yeah. know Omar is definitely, this is why I fell in love with Michael K. Williams, who sadly is not with us anymore because just life is cruel and nothing makes sense. He, in ideal world, he should have had much, much a bigger career after The Wire. And he should, I've always believed he will one day win an Oscar, which is not going to happen anymore. But that guy, he was walking charisma and he could act. And if you need, if you've never seen a movie with him, I don't blame you. If you need to watch uh, why he was a great actor, just watch The Wire. Like, just, you know, yeah. he's just the cherry on top of an excellent game. Yeah, he's super good. What you got next, John? Uh, Trigger. I'm pretty sure you won't know who this is. Uh, he's from a sitcom called Only Fools. Um, he's, he's a bit more like uh, the stupid sort of character, but uh, the um, the portrayal uh, that Roger Lloyd Park, the actor, uh, gives it is uh, more the sort of like... Uh, Everybody else is stupid, and I'm the one that uh, has sense. Um, and it's all uh, w- with the way that he sort of delivers the lines. Like, there's uh, one particular scene where he uh, he comes over to the main character's house, uh, and this character Rodney just says, well, what, what, "What are you doing here?" Uh, and he, he says, "Well, Dell said me give me a lift to the pub." Uh, and then there's a pause, and then Rodney just sort of says to him, "But you actually live closer to the pub than we do." I says, "Yeah, yeah, but Dell said he'd give me a lift." You see, sort of thinking that he's not really understood the, <laughs> the situation of what, what he's explaining. 
Yeah, but you actually have to walk no. past the pub to get to our flat. He says, yeah, I know that, <laughs> but Dell said he'd give me a lift, you see. So <laughs> genuinely thinking that he's not understood the situation, but it's actually him that, that's not got it. Uh, there's a running Thanks. gag where he calls Rodney Dave, and there's never any kind of explanation as to why he does that. It, it's just like he, Rodney has to keep correcting him. You know, my, my name's Rodney. And at one point, Trigger actually says to him, well, what's Dave then, a nickname? He's like, no, no you're the only one that calls me Dave. Like, nice. I, I, I just love the way that it's never explained why he does it. It's, it's the way that he is. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, great. He, he's much more just just sort of straight, sort of stupid of character, but delivery of just thinking that he understands it and no one else does. For yeah. sure. Um, I'll go next and say uh, Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, he's look, uh, Andre Brower is a jack of all trades in this show because he plays the deadpan so well. So when they need him to be the butt of the joke, he does it so well, and when they need him to be the joke, he does it so well. And when they need him to make the joke, he does it so well. And also when they need him to have some sort of emotional resonance, he also kills that. He's excellent in every single second he's on screen. So, Captain Raymond Holt, for sure. That's my next pick. Luke, what do you got? So, I didn't know about a rule that... You make your own rules. You make your own rules. Because my next pick would be Kima Griggs from also The Wire, which also is a great character. Playing by so- uh, Sonia Son, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, just uh, the wire. Something happens to her character in uh, like a half of first half of the season one, and this is where the show turned for me because it has its own pace. It's really slow paced, and you need to pay attention. There's no quick cuts. There, there are no you know if you miss the detail. And it's a quite important detail. Nothing will make sense, you know, because the show really needs you to focus. You cannot watch it with your phone, right? And something, and so when I started it, I was the first four episodes, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not quite sure about this. And then something happened to her character that just, in, you know, that uh, moves the plot for the entire season, after, you know, season one. And I was like, okay. And then makes you care about her character even more. And again, without going into major spoilers, they also make some choices that were that were really brave. Well, were not ordinary at that time to make, and it makes sense, and it's great. Like she is one badass woman without, you know, being one of them characters who says, "Oh, I'm this badass woman. Move out of my way." No, she does it really subtle. She's great. Yeah, for sure, great character, great show. Um, all right, John, what you got? Uh, Mike from Breaking Bad. Uh, I'm so happy you said this because Mike was my favorite part watching Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, th- I think it might have been mine too. I, I just would love to meet Mike at some point and just be able to talk to him. He's just the, the kind of stuff he comes out with uh, is just like... Or uh, would you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to meet him. That means I did something really Oh, wrong. yeah, yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also like the story of uh, like how he came into creation uh, on the show because his first appearance is like after um, Jane dies. Spoilers, by the way. Um <laughs> I think everyone's seen Breaking Bad, haven't they? I mean, yeah. if if they haven't, then they're not planning on yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and basically, you know, he comes over to clear up the house so that Jesse uh, is not going to go to jail. Um, and that was originally supposed to be Saul. Um, but I believe the story is like Bob Obenkirk was uh, filming some other series or something, or he was sick. Um, and so rather than just, you know, filming something else or putting the scene on hold for a while, they just decided to write 
another character to fill that role. And, you know, he, he could have just been a throwaway character that you never saw again, but they decided, you know, he had enough potential to expand his role into something much bigger. And, and I'm so grateful that they did. Uh, I, f- I feel bad for him by the end. He, he deserved better, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my next one is going to be... All right, th- this one I'm going to cheat a little bit on. I'm going to say the entire supporting cast of Newsroom, um, which it's just not fair because I can't just pick one. Um, you know, I, I feel like the, the show really revolves around Jeff Daniels and Emily Mortimer. Um, like, that's your main cast. But then you have um, John Gallagher Jr. playing Jim, Allison Pill playing, playing Maddie, Dev Patel in one of his first roles playing Neil, um, Thomas Sadonski playing uh, Don Kiefer. Olivia Munn is doing her best work in this role. Um, she plays Sloan. Sam Watterson plays Charlie. And um, Chris Chalk, who you might have seen in Perry Mason on HBO recently. Uh, all, all of them are really terrific, really excellent. Um, they're giving great performances. They're giving you. They're given unique roles and responsibilities to do, uh, to carry out objectives. Um, this is one of those shows that you can point to and say it works because of the ensemble. Uh, the premise the premise is already good, but it works because of the bright people with the right gifts in the right situation. Incredible, uh, for sure. Uh, Luke. Okay, so let's just uh, stay on this Breaking Bad uh, path a bit, and I'm going to shuffle my choices. So Kim Wexler, a.k.a. Rhea Seahorn, uh, from Better Call Saul. So the main reason, basically, I think it was her, alongside Bob Odenkirk, obviously Saul, uh, who made me care about a show I thought was redundant and should have never been made. I And I now, yep, I was so wrong, and I'm so glad I was so wrong. <laughs> they made me care about the show and that show has no right to be as great as it is it's to me for me it's still probably the best shot tv show in the last 10 years like the camera work and on that show is another level and i'm talking game of thrones with their budget never even in their prime never had such a camera work stunning camera angles and work where you can tell they've played around with all of these angles to make the best possible how can we, uh, you know, how can we showcase this dessert, you know, 50th time again? Oh, there's this way. Oh, okay. Wow. And it's always, yeah. But anyway, uh, Kim Wexler, she is a great counterpart to uh, Saul Goodman. She acts as a almost moral compass to uh, until she isn't, which because she has her, her own stuff to do and deal with and go. And I really wonder because I believe this the season is gonna be uh, come out just now. The sixth season will be the last one. Oh wow! And I really I wonder how they're gonna. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure it's been announced uh, uh, when they start to shoot it that this is gonna be the last and. If you follow up on the show, oh. it's yeah. They they did have like a material for another two three years, I think. But they, I think they decided not to. And I wondered because it's not a secret she's not in Breaking Bad, and it's right. a prequel to yeah. Breaking Bad. So we know either you know it will be interesting to see how her character ends up because at this moment I really am invested in her character. Whether they're gonna you know be cheap and be like oh she just moved away and she's happy someplace else, or whether something tragic happens to her because of all good so i'm afraid it's going to be the latter but again this show has surprised me plenty of times so probably they might have uh, one or two more surprises this last season and i cannot wait to watch it yeah uh, i've been nice. pretty worried for a while that it's going to happen because you know she is not I in breaking think... bad as you say Exactly. So I, I again, I think it might be, and maybe something to do with Saul, because you know 
he's you know he is always been on this edge of great per- good person bad person good person you know so it would be interesting wrinkle to his character so again we'll see we'll see but she is i really hope she will win some sort of awards for the last last if this is going to be the last season for this season because she should have won some for a previous because did, I, I thought she's she done some did she not win for last season i honestly don't think she has she was nominated Man. for a bunch of them but as far as i'm aware they, you know she unfortunately back to the golden age of tv i'm looking it up right now but back to my argument i think she's always been yeah five wins but nothing major but 13 nominations nothing major unfortunately i mean, I mean just that rant so... scene she has with howard I, I don't know which season that's in but that alone is and see, not even, but she was not even nominated for Emmy or Golden Globe or anything. I see only the SAG Awards, Screen Actor Guild. Yeah, she wasn't even nominated for an Emmy or... A, and this is, to me, this is... A, let's talk about upset. This is insane. Yeah, like, she does... She makes you care about a show that shouldn't have been as great as, as it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, she... And she is a huge part of why this show... All right, on to the last round. Uh, John, do you have a pick? I, I just... Don't see one listed. Do you have one? Uh, another side character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not really. No. That's okay. I think I'm done. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, you know, five's kind of the count. Yeah. That's fine. I, I have one more, um, and it's uh, Rafi from The League. The League is a was a Fox show in um, uh, in the states, um, so I don't know where you'd pick that up um, in the UK. And it 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 was never really a big show, um, but it, it's about these guys that play fantasy football. And as somebody who's not a football fan, uh, American football fan. Um, really like it's, it's really not, you don't really need to know the football part. Cause it's about these guys and the common thread is they play fantasy football in a league together. So the, the plot can be whatever it wants them to be, whatever adventure they want to send them on. Um, and so you have your main group of characters and like a lot of these guys are big guys, like Nick Kroll, uh, Paul, Sch- um, Sch- uh, Schneider, I think, um, uh, is it? Um, Mark Duplass uh, is in that main group. Uh, like a bunch of guys that you just see everywhere now. Um, and uh, and one of the ones that just comes up every now and then is this character named Rafi, played by Jason Manzukis. So um, seeing J- Jason Manzukis in something, he's uh, Parks and Rec. He plays Dennis Feinstein, the clone guy. Um, he um, he was at Scarecrow in the Lego Batman movie. Um, he had a role in uh, the house, the disaster artist um, voice and Ralph break the internet breaks the internet. He was in John Wick three for a small role. It, he was a, he played Derek in the good place. Um, that's another big one that he's known for. Um, he just kind of like went from being a relative nobody to all of a sudden he's, he's, he comes in the league and he plays this show. He plays Adrian Pimento in Brooklyn nine nine as well. That's um, I'm looking at his IMDb credits. Apparently I haven't seen it yet, but he's in Pam and Tommy and he plays, Tommy Lee's penis, the voice that sounds so right up his alley. <laughs> oh my god! He, he voices um he voices the uh, Rex in Invincible. If you guys have seen that, mm-hmm. um, is that the um, um any Mark Wahlberg film? Amazon? No, no, no. The Amazon the, the Amazon show? series. Oh yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Um, he he has voices in Big Mouth on Netflix. If you guys have seen yes. that, and um, so he voices the uh, Jay Jay Bilzerian. Uh, oh wow! Oh, he's pretty good then. So and. Uh, and and Star Trek Prodigy um, as well. So like he's one of those guys that like you see him and you know who he is. And like because of who he was in the league, like that really started the foundation for who he would be as Pimento and Dennis Feinstein and everybody else. Like he's he's been playing the same character for so long, but it was like the league where he really got to figure that out because he's he's kind of your wild card. And when he shows up, you know something crazy is going to happen. And I love it. 
Luke finishes off. Okay, my last pick would be Amy Bruckheimer from The Weep, or Weep, just the TV show Weep. And uh, yeah, uh, for those who are not familiar, it's about uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the main star, uh, you know, vice president, which that's what Weep stands for, I've, as, as I've learned. And she is great. She is kind of like, yet again, the voice of reason in that room full of, uh, uh, what's the appropriate word? <laughs> Um, maybe not uh, the most competent people. Uh, the Veep is, uh, or Weep is kind of a TV show where every time somebody makes two steps forward, they make five steps back. So it's really fun to watch that dynamic. And she is a great, great part of uh, why that show works. There is this moment in later seasons when one of the one of the episodes where she has this kind of breakdown where she finally breaks down and it's yeah it's just uh it's it's a joy to watch because it's just so fun it, but at the same time you feel for her working with people as awful people as she was to work with on a daily basis yeah but she's great nice um all right that'll finish up some of our favorite tv side characters i'm sure there's plenty we missed uh let us know what what you thought in the um in the on twitter or wherever you see this episode posted i uh, would love to hear the the big ones that you thought we missed uh but it's time to move on to the spinoff so john what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from uh can luke go first actually because i think i need to look up the name of this uh just before i go yeah go for it luke yeah not a problem not a problem so let's stay on tv show i guess would be um hbo uh miniseries is just or limited series i guess it's just one season called the night off uh yeah buddy yeah, the show's yes. so, good. Yeah, it's it's, so good oh you both you both have seen it i have yes wow. oh yeah Wow, that's so great because mostly people have not heard about it. So I'm trying to get people to watch it. It's and again, it's perfect show to watch. It's only one season. It's only six episodes, if I'm not. Episodes. I think so. Yeah. So you know, one episode is an hour. So you know, one easy binge or you know, two episodes a day, and you, are you done in three days? And it's it's a really it's such a smart show that shows you what can what happens if a normal as normal as it can be, a guy who might have done a, a few mistakes here and there gets thrown into a prison system and how that prison system chews him up and spits him out. And the show just is really dark. It's really fascinating. And it's, you know, also it comments because the the main character is played by, uh, played by Riz Ahmed, who yeah. you, you might have uh, known from Sound of Metal. He was nominated for an Oscar for that. Rightly so, by the way. Him. He's a great actor. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he... So, uh, unfortunately, obviously, the show needs to address the Pakistani angle in post-9-11 uh, in New York, as that that's where the show takes place. Yeah. So they address it brilliantly. And they show how, unfortunately, you know, crime of one person equals crime, you know, that crime was committed by the entire community of people, even though he might have not committed the crime. Well, it's not a spoiler to say he didn't, because we know from the first episode what happened. Even no, right, yeah. we don't. We know as certain, you know, as certain as we can be. We can be as certain, and the show leaves a bit of space where we can doubt. But it's not even about that. It's more about about the prison system and how. Um, anybody thrown into that kind of environment uh, what what would would happen if you come out and how you come out on the other end and if there's any 
chance of you having a normal life after or not and yeah it's 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 a it's a it can be a rough watch at times but it's definitely worth it again it's not then it's not a 10 hour or 10 season epic so it's it's you know it's quite a quick watch and it's definitely great and john torturo by the way he is supreme as well yeah the night off i think it's actually based on right. a, a british series called criminal justice correct yeah, yes similar that's kind correct of but i have not seen that all right, John, what you got for us? Uh, this is uh, one I want uh, people to avoid. The woman in the house across the street from the girl <laughs> in the window. <laughs> this is why I had to look up the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. So uh, it's basically a satire of uh, murder mysteries, uh, just that sort of ongoing plot. It, it's more like a three-hour movie than uh, a series, really, I would say. Just eight episodes and all 20 minutes. Um, and I guess they formatted it as like 20-minute episodes because of comedy, first and foremost. Uh, and it, it seemed like kind of an interesting sort of idea of like an ongoing kind of mystery sort of idea um, with jokes in there at, at the same time. Uh, but what uh, kind of pissed me off about it is basically the answer at the end is like something you would never have been able to guess because it was basically impossible. It was just a character that had yeah. nothing to do with anything else that happened. It's a character you never have imagined would have been capable of doing this kind of thing. And it was a character that would never have been able to do any of these kinds of things. Uh, and we're also told about two other people that died of glory. Uh, and you can obviously can guess the story prompted these men. They're both passed off as accidents. Um, uh, and we're shown the way one of them happened, but we're not shown the way the other one happened. The way that, w- the w- the way that we're shown the one that actually does happen uh, is like, well, there's no way the police would have did that was an accident. There's a lot of clear evidence there that they would have found. The way that we're not shown, the, the one that we're not shown is apparently a woman slipping off the top of a lighthouse. Uh, now, how you conclude that to be an accident, I, I don't know. But I, I do find it very interesting that they don't actually show that happen because how did uh, they, they kill them in that case? Just left completely open. Um, but yeah, it, basically, it was something I was kind of engaged with because I felt like I was figuring it out uh, as I was watching it. And then I was just completely pissed off at the end because it was something I would have been able to guess. And it's like it, it's like hitting double zero in roulette. Basically, everybody would guess. Yeah, uh, don't uh, waste three three hours with that. Uh, it's on Netflix. Maybe just watch yeah, the final episode like, since it's a series. It's, it's really interesting. Like yeah. I I heard surprisingly decent things about it yeah. from some of the hip hop writers, but like it seems like we're the only people that like it. Like I haven't really? seen it, and I don't I don't know that I intend to. But no. like yeah, it, it's not favored well yeah. anywhere except for on the hip hop writers letterbox. Um, I'm gonna talk about a movie that I watched for, uh, for Patreon exclusive. Um, uh, it's called The Way Way Back. This is a 2013, um, coming of age movie that is just excellent. Um, for a lot of different reasons. There's this kid, um, that is spending the summer with his mom, his mom's boyfriend and his mom's boyfriend's daughter. And, um, none of them are really great people. Tony Collette turning into a great performance here. Steve Carell turning in a great performance here as an unlikable person. Um, uh, r- really, the standout is um, this kid finds solace getting away from his family by going to a water park and eventually being there. That is run by Sam Rockwell, playing child Sam Rockwell, and um, uh, and Maya Rudolph um, as well. Um, so um, and a couple other like recognizable pe- names and faces. Um, the the dean from has this really great role. Um, there's one moment that really hasn't aged well. Um, but other than that, like, this is a really great, um, really charming, really delightful, really funny slice of life, uh, movie. highly suggest it. If you're in the States, it's on HBO max, the way, way back. And if you're in the UK, it's on Disney plus. Oh, cool. Oh, oh that's, definitely have to check that's it great. Out, Me too. For sure. And if you want to hear more thoughts, 
you can sign on the Patreon and he's growing. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really, really, really worth your time. It's a special one. Uh, so that'll do it. Quick reminder to Civ Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for SivPop.com, you want to get in contact with us, send us a B plot. Send us a question to a B. Send us a question to explore during the B plot. Uh, that'd be great. You can uh, email writersroom at SivPop.com. You can contact us SivPop Twitter um, or my Twitter. Uh, that's at Schweitcastle. Go ahead and follow me on Letterboxd while you're... Uh, but that's ways you can connect with me in the show. Uh, but, uh, Luke, where do you want to send some... Uh, my website, uh, I'm writing about movies every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's lostinmovies.co.uk. And uh, you can find me on Letterboxd as well and on Twitter. But don't really use Twitter that much. But, yeah, Letterboxd and the blog would be the main thing. And, John, anywhere you want to send people? Check out some more content from you? Uh, yeah, I have an Instagram, uh, which is John Hilliard 86 That's the numbers, 86. My last name is E-I-L-L-Y-A. Uh, and I also have a YouTube channel, but I don't really post on there anymore. But if anyone would like see some of the older stuff I used to post on there, uh, the username is uh, Buck Reviewer. C. Okay. Well, guys, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I had a good time talking with you. Really appreciate your time. Yep. Yeah, same. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, next week is um, an episode of Goats. Actually, Robert and I changed up the schedule. We're not going to be talking about The Great Escape anymore because we can't find the time to fit in the three and a half hour move uh, in our schedule. Um, and so what we're going to be doing is we're going to do a March Madness bracket of all the goats that we've talked about so far. And we'll come up with a definitive um, best movie that we've seen so far for that series. Um, so that's what we'll be doing next week. So uh, we'll push back The Great Escape to July. Um, you just can't can't quite find the time to watch it right now. So um, and then next next month on the TV catch up, I'll have um, uh, I, th- I think not fully set in stone, but two other new writers um, joining um, Jonathan Jacob. So uh, I believe that's the plan. Um, so um, yeah, come back next month, check out that episode. Come back next week, check out that goats episode. Also, a special Oscars episode coming up soon. We'll be taking a look back at last year's Oscar awards to give a little bit of thought on whether or not we think they got it right. So, um, yeah, uh, that'll be coming out right around the time of the Oscars as well. Uh, But until then, um, that's it. We'll see you guys later.